This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Very serious. Welcome to the Mandatory Samson Podcast. My name is Christopher Flannery. I'm joined, as per usual, by Joseph Noe. Hi, everybody. Matthew Weiss. Glad to be back off jury duty. Oh, my God. That's right. We'll talk about it in a second. Welcome to the program, everyone. Uh, We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, Like what, bro? Well, I have something to say about this Georgia 6 special election. Fucking annoyed about it. We're going to get into it. First, we have quick hits on Otto Warmbier or Warmbier. I don't know how it was pronounced. Uh, and Bill Cosby. Then, infuriating news regarding Philando Castile, his death, and the subsequent trial. Uh, interesting news on Chelsea Manning, U.S. military engagement in Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Potentially big news for gerrymandering. And we got a Trump odds and ends at the end of the program. Plus, we have some Samsonite emails after that. Which fully lo- loaded, bro. Yeah, fully loaded. We're back in the regular studio today. We're going to uh, address Ross's email about Julian Assange. We have that clip. We'll play whatever we want. Uh, we're, we're comfortable. We're back here. Nice. How was jury duty, Matt? I sat around all day, and then there was not a single jury selected. So I guess that's about as good as you can hope for. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just thinking, yeah, they're recording, and I'm sitting here doing nothing. Right. You could have called in, but, you know. Yeah, they probably would have frowned upon that. I think you're probably right. Um, Listen, programming note. I know this isn't going to go over well. No, don't do this now. (laughs) But uh, we're off for the next two weeks after this episode. Boo. Yeah, it's okay. We return July 14th. I'm going to be away the week of July 4th or whatever, the week of July 3rd. Um, And then next week, um, it's just going to be a busy week, so I'm not, not doing an episode. Gotcha. So it is what it is, but we will return July 14th. I'll definitely, you know be keeping track of what's going on and we'll get into everything when we're back. But just so you guys know, you're not, you know, so you won't be looking for episode 132, just middle of July. That's when we'll be back. It's too long. It's too long. No, it is what it is, you know? All right, let's do this one super strong. Yeah, okay. Were you trying, were you not going to try to begin with? No, now he's motivated. He's like, oh, we're <laughs> off for two weeks? Oh, okay, great. I'll give it my all. in the zone. Yeah, he's not going to reserve any energy. Listen, here's what I got to say about this Georgia... Oh, we're sponsored today, by the way, Blue Apron. We're going to get to that a little later in the program. Yes. Support Blue Apron, goddammit. Blueapron.com slash Samson. Get on there. You get three free meals for free with free shipping. Can't beat that. No, you can't beat it, and you support the show. It's good. This Georgia special election uh, took place, I guess, Tuesday night, right? Filling, it was set up to fill the House seat vacated by Tom Price, who's now the Trump Administration Health and Human Services Secretary. Uh, It is the costliest congressional race in the history of this republic 56 million dollars spent the previous high was 29.5 million in a 2012 florida race so obviously you know basically double what was spent in that race karen handel the republican who the democrats are trying to just pour money on to try to oust her won 51.9% of the vote to John Ossoff's 48.1% of the vote. So the Democrats are now officially 0 for 5 
Nice. In special elections where they're like, we'll oppose Trump at every turn. And they're proud of themselves for losing by four points as opposed to 30 points. But it literally couldn't matter any less. Also, this John Ossoff, before I get into, I have a bigger point that I want to make about this, but this John Ossoff guy, and I know we didn't cover this on the show because I didn't put any kind of stock into this at all. It didn't seem like this was going to go the right way for Democrats. And it just didn't seem like it made much of a difference whether it went their way or not. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Be like, oh, oh, look, we want a seat in Georgia. If that shows you, Trump, it me- it's meaningless. It's just an idiot thing to be like pouring money into or putting any stock into but okay also john Ossoff talks like he's just doing a bad obama impression and if anybody knows anything about doing a bad obama impression it's certainly me and this guy has it going on thank you chicago Ossoff, every speech he gave he sounds like he's doing obama's cadence do you have any thoughts about this guys before i get into the points let me see if i can pull up Ossoff's concession speech because it's really the first time I heard him talk, and he's like, it's shocking what he sounded like. I actually never heard him talk, so I, I don't have anything to add at the moment. I'm uh, sorry. All right. Well, we heard him talk in the uh, the clip we played of Karen Handel where she was saying she doesn't believe in a livable wage. But... I was going to say, that's the only time I think I've ever heard him talk where it just... And it's still shocking that someone who says that can win an election, but... Well, but why? But is it, though? Is she misspoke? Here's the thing. She misspoke, or she didn't misspeak, like we said on the show a couple of weeks ago. That's her policy. So a lot of people support that. So that's fine. She didn't misspoke. She just said the talking point wrong. Right. Exactly. Well, that's what I mean. She she didn't misrepresent the facts properly. Right. She represented them as they are. Here, listen, this is John Ossoff giving his concession speech. Now, tell me, does this guy seem like the charismatic type of winner that you should pour $50 million on? It's a lot of money. Good evening, everybody. He sounds like Obama. It's crazy. That sounds like Obama. And also, meanwhile, the talking heads on MSNBC and whatever, they're like, I think he's going to run again. Why? <laughs> he lost. Why would you? To suck up more money. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Chicago. Let the man speak, bro. Well, he's clapping. Oh. What a bore this guy is. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, everybody. Wait for it. I love you, too. Love you, too. That's Obama. He's doing Obama. He's doing an Obama Thank impression. Thank you very much, everybody. He even, mannerism-wise, is doing the kind of Obama lean back a little bit. Yeah, he's got a lot of Obama. He's copying what Obama does. And he probably grew up or whatever it was inspired by Obama, but this is silly. Yeah, but do you know what he didn't copy and why he lost this election? He didn't copy Obama's platform. He didn't talk about single-player health care. He didn't talk about free college. And he didn't talk about student debt. Well, Obama didn't talk about free college or single-payer health care. Well, he got the health care done. Does it not count for it anything? It wasn't single-payer health care. No, it doesn't mean it doesn't I mean, count for anything. I they talked about that briefly in the campaign. But, but, yeah, but, oh, after the campaign, really. But Yeah, but the, this is, Joey, first of all, it's you know 10 years later. It's not, it's, it doesn't even apply, really. Fine. It's totally different issues. But anyway, but he's also in Georgia... Say something, fucker. A few moments ago, my friends, I called Secretary Handel. Uh, Handel? Handel? That's Obama. He's doing an Obama impression. No, please. I commended her. Her? 
on a hard-fought race Malia. and on her victory this evening. Now, he's Obama. Let me address you. You. The more than 12,000 of you of you I can't listen to it anymore, but that's he's doing an Obama impression. To be fair, yes. if you're going to impersonate any poli- and your anyone who's your politician, he's a charismatic. Why wouldn't you want to be Obama? Because you can't be Obama. That's the thing. You can't be. There is one Barack Obama. You're not going to be Barack Obama. Yeah, but he's still going to influence the people. And I just look- apparently not because we're we're talking about it. And he lost. The guy lost. He's also seems like a, a democratic robot specifically designed to lose elections. He has no <laughs> facial express. It's just stupid that they put this amount of money into this election it doesn't seem like the right strategy for democrats just be like we'll just oppose trump and everything yeah okay here's let me tell you this for 56 million dollars that got poured into this election now of course it's not all going into Ossoff's, you know coffers but karen handel would have been uncontested basically so the, the amount of money that went in 56 million is only because the democrats decided to make them play defense you know in a place where they normally wouldn't have to you can get a pallet of 78 24-pack cases of Nestle Pure Life water bottles, which is 1,872 bottles from a Costco for $400. For $56 million, mm-hmm. you can get 140,000 pallets. That's 262 million bottles of water that you could have sent to Flint, Michigan for free. Well, no, for $56 million. No, 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 it's free shipping, though. I, well, whatever. Somebody would have figured out how to get the water bottles there. But I, my point is, instead of dumping $56 million of this fucking waste of time, this grand show signifying nothing, you could have sent th- you know, th- 250 million water bottles. Not that I'm saying the people in Flint, Michigan should just be drinking out of water, but, but like, if you're not going to fix the pipes, they're going to need some water, which they're still drinking out of years after the problem. You could have sent them 250 million bottles. Hey, guess what? According to Flint Mayor Karen Weaver and Lansing Mayor Virgil Bernero in an April 2016 article I read, uh-huh. it had cost 55 million to fix the pipes based on a plan they came up with. You could fix the Flint water crisis and save a million dollars instead of torching it for nothing in dude. Georgia. The Democrats need to have a fucking purpose. We talked about it last week. It continues to be the thing. Just going, well, Trump's a bigot. Okay. Half the country likes that. So stop thinking that you're just going to win elections based on that. Or you're going to pour $50 million into an election. You're going to get a boring Obama impersonator elected in the fucking South. You're not. This is idiocy. Like I said, 0-5 in special elections. Just opposing Trump is not a policy. It's not a fucking policy. And if the Democrats think that this is going to be the right strategy, they're wrong because half the country doesn't support them. We, we looked at polling data a couple of weeks ago or whatever. The, more people feel impassioned about the Republican Party than do about the Democratic Party. Not despite the fact that you're seeing people on TV with their fucking pink hats and everybody's, oh, we hate Trump. Okay. Okay. But keep doing this. Have a policy. Like you said, Talk about single-payer health care. That's what people want to hear about. Yeah. Explain to them how they're not going to have to pay for their health care. No. Let's just... We'll just dump $56 million into this thing. Don't talk about Flint, Michigan. I mean, not that Ossoff should, but like the Democratic Party as a whole has some causes. Stop just thinking, going like, well, we think Trump is being ridiculous. Well, of course you do. He shouldn't be president. That's not a policy, though. 
Yeah, also the other thing is no time in American history has anti-somebody else won the election. You well, be- negative partisanship does oftentimes win elections, but that that was a big factor with Hillary. But the but the point is you can combat that by having a point. Bernie combat Bernie Sanders should have been nowhere near where he was. I know. The reason Bernie was there is because he said some shit that people were like, oh yeah, that's uh, you know It resonated. Trump shouldn't have been where he was. But you know why? He was saying a bunch of shit that a majority of people or whatever, a majority of the electoral college, but you know, they heard it and they go, Yeah, we can rally around that. Boom, Marco Rubio, get the fuck out of here, you big eared idiot. Nobody wants to hear what yours because they're just spouting off what they think people want to hear, as opposed to actually having a policy that people can rally behind. You only need a couple of things that people like. It just felt like Hillary was always trying to find, oh, what's the best market tested slogan I can say? Whereas Bernie's Bernie's just saying, yeah, I believe in this. This is a good thing for America. Right. So I I do wonder about this particular district, though. I mean, it was an affluent Republican district in Georgia, near Atlanta. So would would going farther to the left help Ossoff in particular, though? It's not even... This is a an example of what I'm choosing. I, you know, I, I don't I know. know. I don't know the details of the elect of that particular electorate. Point being, I think for Democrats to think that like because they did it in North Carolina also. There was another special election in which they got they lost that one same night. They're just pouring money into these things across the country to prove a point of like, see. See, we can win because we can win in Trump country because people hate Trump. But no, you're own, you're over five. Well. Shore up your own base, shore up your own base, and then add to it. That's the only way you're going to win elections. You you do have to keep in mind that these are, like, all these districts were, like, all these people who went on to the administration were chosen partly because they're in extremely safe Republican districts. So it, right. it does show that there is anti-Trump sentiment, there is anti-Republican sentiment if they're getting these districts close. But yeah, yeah, but close is, I mean, that that's, but that's the argument that you see. But I think it's such a, that is a, that is a classic case democrat position to take where it's like you know we lost but only by a little it's still a fucking loss it's the same thing like well hillary won the election yeah but she lost she lost the electoral college you know oh well we in the senate you say the democrats had a majority in the senate you'd be able to block any of this stuff they don't but, okay, if they ran somebody and they go, well, yeah, but you know what? But we almost won. Okay, that doesn't matter when it comes to nah, voting for the Supreme Court or voting for any of these things that actually matter. Stop taking losses as progress somehow. That's embarrassing. Well, Stop doing that. Well, I, I think in these, like, you have to take these five elections as their own entity, That taking them as losses, like taking these losses as partial victories. Like, yeah, we got so, tra- so badly trounced in the main election. That okay, now we're trying to rebuild, trying to recover. Okay, there's some groundswell, but I am having this internal debate. I'm not sure what the best strategy is. That do you go for a national mes- message of go far left, far left Bernie crat, and just say we need to set like this is who we are, have a true identity, or do you do still do you go to the individual races and say, oh, I understand that people in uh, West Virginia, you're not going to want it. Like Joe Manchin can be a little bit farther to the right because it is a more conservative state. Do you try to? Do you individualize each district and say there is more freedom based on where you live? Well, I think you got to burn it down. I mean, I really mean that. I think you have to, at this point, Trump is, you know, it doesn't seem like he's going to get impeached anytime soon, whatever. To me, it seems like the guy's going to get reelected, frankly. The Democrats are in a weird position. There is nobody 
you know, on the horizon. I mean, you know, you get your Cory Bookers, you have your Elizabeth Warrens, you you know, maybe a Kirsten Gillibrand, some of the Castros, whatever. You have some names out there, but you don't have like a rising, like a true rising star where everybody knows somebody. Mm-hmm. I To me, you've got one more shot to run Bernie Sanders and or Elizabeth Warren. You know, you figure it out. But Bernie Sanders is, just go for it. Like, run an actual progressive candidate once mm-hmm. try it because then if he doesn't win against fucking trump right you, you when, know that's when, not the solution when are you, when are you gonna get a worse republican candidate realistically other than trump go for it give it a shot if, if you can't do it then fine then you then you have to like you're saying matt maybe you have to you got to figure out a better strategy but i think you can get enough people people know who bernie sanders is now that was the biggest thing that hurt him uh, running against Hillary, there is no Hillary now. So Bernie Sanders is a very recognizable person. You got another three years to let him, you know, get out there and get the message out. Fucking, let's do it. That's the way to go. Otherwise, what what are you really going to do? You're going to run a more establishment candidate, and you're going to try to explain to the base, and it's going to get to the convention and go. Well, you know what? He does. Look, he actually does look pretty good. And then he's going to get his ass handed to him again by the exact same Trump voters. I think what they need to do is stop with the Tom Perez, stop with the DNC. Go back to what the voters want. If you listen to what the voters want and talk about it and come up with with solutions that affect the everyday person, that's going to help them win the election. Yeah, but that's what every election is. How do you affect the everyday person? Well, you affect the everyday person by saving them money and making sure they don't die. So you give them fucking single-payer health care and you figure out a way to work it out so that the minimum wage gets raised. Like, so that's you, the message. They have well, you to... T- right, but, but that's, right, but that... Of course. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. The the Democratic Party writ large, the establishment of the party, doesn't think like that. But y- you have to just throw caution to the wind here. It, the, the losing by four points, you might as well lose by 80 points. Yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't make fucking a make a difference. So if you're going to continue to lose by four points playing it safe, lose by 30 playing it unsafe, but give it Go a crazy. shot. Yeah, because maybe you'll win. Look at tra- everybody, including us. He can't win like this. Yeah, He's I didn't crazy. Think Look that at the crazy shit happen. he's saying. You know, eventually these that. Nope. That's just not where we are as a country anymore. So get, put fucking Bernie Sanders on whatever, life support, whatever you got to do, and get him out there and run a real progressive campaign. Period. That's the only way you're going to do it. Because the longer this goes, the longer this keeps going now with the conservative court, and you got all these, the Republicans control both houses of Congress. They have all the governorships. You're running out of time. You're running out of time to reverse any of this stuff. Corporations locking things down, which we talk about. There's only one person, as far as I see it, on the Democratic side that is going, and he's not even a Democrat, he's an independent, but there's only one person I see that is speaking to those issues, and it's Bernie Sanders. Of course, there's a progressive wing of the party, Elizabeth Warren, like I mentioned, but she's a little... I just you know what I mean. I, I prefer yeah. her in the I prefer her in the Senate to be honest. I think she's great, yeah. a great voice in this in a very safe seat. I I voted for her back when I was in Massachusetts. Right. I well, and her. I think running another woman. I mean, not that I'm saying you can't do it, but like running another woman against Trump just doesn't seem like the right idea. Like you already got a rebuke for a number of reasons against Hillary. Of course, she's you know whatever. There's a million issues there, but people not wanting to vote for a woman is an issue. That's part of it. So I think to risk it again for another, you know, this next one. It's not worth it. I don't think it's a, a worthwhile thing. Well, so just to play devil's advocate here, I agree with you that it's time to take a fucking risk. It's, it's, it's t- the Republicans have 
been running to the right for years, and we try we try to run to center and run to right to right. to steal some of their voters. Like, no, that's that's not working. Make your own base happy and lure people over by being logical and sane. But I guess the devil's advocate logic is, oh, the the most important thing is getting Trump out, and is it is it it's too dangerous to take a risk when you can. When it sh- the goal should just be getting him out and playing it safe is the argument, I guess. Well, that's the argument, right? But pl- but like we've seen, I mean, they're trying as hard as they can to like. If these special elections are referendums on Trump, then Trump is going to get reelected. Yes, he is. So it's either that, or that's not really true, and they were just trying to rally the. Okay, fine. Playing it safe right now is not the move. It just isn't because the Demo- You've seen the Democrats do it. Obama wasn't supposed to win. Obama came out of nowhere. They were going with Hillary again. Hillary would have lost. <laughs> Obama won. You know, obviously we're seeing that Hillary would have lost in, in, apparently in any of these elections. John Kerry was the safe pick. It makes no sense, but they they find a way to logic it out. Well, you know, I mean, he's a statesman. Okay. He's boring as fuck. He is boring. So that's part of it. I The only other thing I could think of out of the box, it's not going to happen though, bring fucking Al Gore back. Why is oh Al Gore? God. No, for what? real. Why is Al Gore? Since Al Gore lost that election, charismatic, interesting. He's making movies. He's involved. That guy, I'd vote for Al Gore tomorrow, of course. <laughs> and he can look back and go, look at all the shit that I said was going to happen. It happened. I was right. I was right. Because he was just known for known for his charisma when he was run, when he was a politician. That's the crazy thing. And- he was so bland when he was running but now he's not he's no he's very, but, but, yeah. the, but the reason he doesn't he ran with joe lieberman do you understand he ran with joe lieberman and, and, and if, he, if he had gone farther to the left and not gone for the republican democrat right he right. might he probably wins that election if he doesn't try to i mean i hate joe lieberman he's the worst yeah i'm not a big fan of joe lieberman <laughs> so so here i was just thinking here's a sobering fact and it has that, nothing to do with him being jewish i don't even want to hear it I'm, i wasn't yeah, even thinking of it way okay. to bring that up chris <laughs> way to, awkward just making, just making a joke but so, but the sobering fact is, if Trump gets elected, there's a good chance that in his presidency, if he gets reelected, in an eight-year presidency, he'd probably appoint four four of the Supreme Court justices. Because there's gonna yeah. be, I mean, you get Breyer seventy. Well, we don't know that, right? Breyer seventy-eight. Ginsburg yeah. is, is in her eighties. Yeah, Kennedy's people, eighty. They live a nice life. They live. But there's a significant things happen at that age. There's a significant chance that that chance that yeah, well, Trump. But now, that, by that logic, Trump could die. He's seventy. Fingers something. crossed. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> That's no, not cool. Not no. cool. Not for the president of the United States. No, nah, he's fine. Nah. Matt said that. that too, too far? Yeah. Too, no, oh, I don't give a shit. Look, make, he, you, could get, he could get killed tomorrow. I you can make care, all but, the Jew jokes you want, but... <sighs> yeah. Well, it was more... It wasn't a Jew joke. It was just saying that I would never dislike Joe Lieberman for being Jewish. I dislike him for a million things, but not that. Oh, so but you have to clarify that. I see. Yeah, just for the listeners. Um, this feels like an, it's always something in Philadelphia type conversations. Like, yeah, I know you hate it when I bring up wrestling, but... What I was just thinking about is what the Democrats need to do is break the rules. You need a three-person, like, tag team for a two-person match. So you bring in three people, and you'll run them as one candidate and just have everyone not pay attention to it. Like like, like Rome? Like yeah. a triumvirate? I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Do you understand what you're saying? Sometimes you just say things, and you don't know where they're okay. going to go. But Okay, okay. Do, do, do you know how you have a vice president? And a president? Yeah, I'm familiar. Yes. Well, we need three people to fill two spots. What? For what? What do you mean? I just think it would be better to have three different people and they could tag each other in or something. The vice president doesn't do jack shit. The vice I, president I w- is a pretty useless role right now. Like that, I don't see the point. I, I wish somebody would tag you 
with like an IED. And just, <laughs> just, just go for it. <laughs> just Joey meat just all over the walls. <laughs> My God. Uh, all right. Anyway, do you want to? Should we continue with the program here? Yes, please. Um, Otto Warm. Is it Warm Beer or Warm Beer? I'm going to say Warm Beer. I, I don't care. But Because nobody likes a Warm Beer. That's a uh, 22-year-old uh, Otto Warmbier who returned home to Cincinnati, Ohio last week after a year and five months in North Korea has died. Uh, according to doctors, that was the only possible outcome since he returned home, you know, in a coma. He, he, he apparently has been in North Korea for, you know, whatever, 17 months, and he was in a coma right for basically right from the start. And they don't know what happened. They said that he got botulism and they gave him a sleeping pill, but... You know, obviously they tortured that kid. And, well, know, here's the thing I don't understand. When they asked the family if they wanted to do an autopsy, the family denied. I don't understand why you would do that. Did they? Yes. I mean, ultimately, what's going to come of it? You're going to prosecute North Korea? No, you're going to find out why your son died? Well, I mean, they probably know. I mean, that's the thing. Would an autopsy be able to determine? Like, they know that he had his, he was brain dead, essentially. Would an autopsy be able to determine what caused that? No, they would just know that there was something wrong with his brain, so there was just damage to it. And I, okay, right? I mean, I, I, well, because they don't. I, apparently, there was no like. It didn't seem no like trauma force to the or, body, right. right? So I don't know who. I mean, I, I just don't see the benefit of doing it. Really, it's just okay. Yeah, you proved that North Korea did were assholes to him and killed him in some way. But at the end of the day, right. you can't prosecute them. It's just going to drag it out. It's going to make it harder to accept accept this and get over it. Yeah, like just I let- mean, look. Some people might want to know it; they don't want to know it. I, I look. You know, something fucked up happened to the kid while he was over there. Obviously, I mean, this is why I wouldn't take a vacation to North Korea. Well, but that's the thing. We talked about it last week. Um, yeah, why would you ever go there? Mistake. You know, I, you feel bad for the kid. You feel bad for the family. But, but yeah, don't go there. I mean, I, it, it's just you're just you're waiting for somebody to to f- fuck you up. You know what I mean? Like you just shouldn't be there. It makes absolutely no sense. I was also reading about this other guy. There's other people that they, you know, have captured and then have been released. Mm-hmm. Can't think of the guy's name, but um, he's a Korean guy who was in America, but then he went there. He sounds like a little bit of a nut also. Like he felt like he could save North Korea and whatever. And so he just walked over the border. Are you talking about Dennis Rodman? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, he walked over the border and then immediately got like arrested by them and they took him to, but they, he's completely Uh. fucked up now. He talks with a stutter. They like sexually abused him. They tortured it. Like he's just a complete, they've ruined that guy. Um, yeah, nobody's saying, but don't, but that's the thing. You know, that off limits, it is sad. What is going on there? Somebody should, you know, potentially do something about that, but it's not going to be a individual person. I don't know what, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It seems like the worst possible place you could go. I mean, yeah, like, they're, like there's suffering in the world, but there's only so much one man can do it immediately. You can't change geopolitical conflict just because you want to. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, it's misguided, especially in North Korea. Oh, by the way, can I tell you this? So yeah. I came up with that. It's a little bit of it's like a half a joke, but I mean, it's more than half a joke. But I hope I was, you have the ending when it makes me. I laugh. was thinking about this, uh, you know, this North Korea situation. You got to get rid of the only way to do it because mm-hmm. there's so many people there that have been under this regime for so long. They really have no concept of what the outside world is like. And, you know, you'd have to really ease them out of it. Get rid of Kim Jong-un. Mm-hmm. All right. You take him and his like little families out and you replace them with the Kardashians. You give North Korea. Listen, you mm-hmm. give North Korea to the Kardashians. The leader's name is already Kim. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. It's Kim Jong-un. Now it's just Kim Kardashian West. You just replace it. The daughter's name is North. That's endearing. North, North Korea, right? And they already run an empire. They already know what they're doing. You put them in place. Think about how happy people in North Korea would be to now, instead of being ruled by Kim Jong-un, oh, you're ruled by this beautiful family. It's so nice. And then we, you know, now we have people on the inside because the Kardashians are as American as they come, even though they're Armenian, but they're American. <laughs> it's perfect. It is. Mwah. I got to assume that most of Asia like loves the Kardashians also. So you want, right? No comment. So you want to, you want to replace a narcissistic crazy man with Kanye West? Well, I mm. mean, I, I don't like what you're doing there. I love Kanye. I don't think Kim, you think Kim Jong-un is narcissistic. I mean, he literally is a God in his own country. Yeah, but I don't think that's out of narcissism. I think it's out of they've. He's just been doing that. I think you get to a point where you are become a narcissistic person after you have a cult of personality. I don't know, maybe. I think it's kind of implied. I guess. But anyway, my, but okay. Well, to that point, though. So what was the cult joke? of personality? Well, it's not a joke. I'm just saying Brutal. it's not. A, it's not. A, it's not a real joke. But ah. I'm just saying you should. We could just replace them with the Kardashians. I'm gonna vote no. All right. Well, Hard. you don't get a vote, Joey. It's a fucking dictatorship. Hard pass on that one. Hard pass. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to have to side with Joey on this one, I think. All right. I know. I, I should have. I, I wanted to go to an open mic, but I was like, I'm not going to do that. No one's going to cheer for you on Le- that leave, one. Leave well, you com- got to work it out. Leave the comedy to J Train. Yeah. That's fine. I will. Kim. Kim Jong Un. That's funny. There's something there. Moving on to, oh, do you know what's not funny? Bill Cosby. Let's do it. Yeah, all right. We'll do the Cosby stuff. On Saturday, Bill Cosby's sexual assault case ended in a mistrial as jurors were, quote, hopelessly deadlocked. He faced charges brought about by Andrea Constand, and prosecutors now have 120 days to retry him. I have a couple of uh, three quotes here. One of them's from Andrew Wyatt, who's the Cosby publicist. Ooh, you tell me how annoying this quote is. As we look up, I see the rain coming down, and it reminds me of what my grandmother used to say. These are God's tears, and this is the day that the Lord has made America trust again. Ugh. What? How? What are you out of your fucking mind, you psycho? Cosby, in a deposition years ago, already admitted. He's like, yeah, yeah, I ply them with quaaludes and, you know, get them hammered, but it's all consensual. (laughs) Like, okay, he admitted that and then settled out of court years ago. But yeah, he probably didn't fucking rape any of these women. Are you out of your mind really i just uh and this guy oh yeah america trusts again what a lunatic thing to say i'm pretty sure the public has already decided yeah he's guilty now just up for the courts actually yeah fucking I mean, ugh, publicist also by the way you want to talk about like just a job that doesn't need to exist it's like get out of here but here's the thing not guilty right well not not guilty it's a mist like they they couldn't come to a consensus so mm-hmm. it has to be you know, a yeah. mistrial. So he's not really not guilty. It's just two of them were like, eh, I don't know. Ten of them were thought that he did do it. Two of them, couldn't, and they couldn't get on board. Yeah, it was obviously. Let's fucking be honest here. Sixty women, if two of them, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like he's a Cosby fucking raped these women. Yeah, but obviously. that's a statute limit on. Well, know, that limited. I don't understand that. I don't understand it at either. all. Because statute of limitations is nonsense. You commit a crime, it's a crime. Why, why would it not be a crime 10 years later, 15 years later? Oh, okay. Yeah, he raped me, but, you know, time ran out. Yeah. What are you, nuts? Camille Cosby, through the publicist, said, How do I describe the district attorney? Heinously and exploitatively ambitious. 
How do I describe the judge? Overtly arrogant and collaborating with the district attorney. How do I describe the counsels for the accusers? Totally unethical, which I got to say, Gloria Allred is an animal. Uh, I kind of agree there. I don't know what you mean. Gloria Allred is an attorney, and she's just like uh, an opportunist, gross person. How do I describe many, but not all, general media? Blatantly vicious entities that continually disseminated intentional omissions of truth to the primary purpose of selling sensationalism at the expense of human life. Come on, man. He admitted... This is the thing that I think is being overlooked. He admitted... Yeah, yeah, I gave, I gave all, I gave these girls quaaludes. You know? So maybe they didn't play that during the trial. No, but I'm just saying, uh, th- it doesn't matter whether they play that. It might not be admissible. I don't know, but obviously, some shit went on with Cosby. All these women just came out, and they, they're all lying. They were all like, "Oh, you know what we should do? He, uh, he got us hammered, and like we couldn't move because all the quaaludes and whatever." But yeah, we wanted it. <laughs> why? Why wouldn't you just fuck him then? Anyway, I would have been like, oh, "Mr. Cosby, we can just, we can just fuck then. It's, you don't have to give me all the quaaludes." Obviously, that's his thing, right? It's about power. I mean, uh, yeah. Who was the NFL player? I think it was Darren Sharper. Who I have no idea. I mean, he was he like raped nine women. Is that legit? Or are you just saying he? Raped I believe nine he's women? in jail now. It's like he. It was this whole thing where he did the same thing. He was drugging women, bringing them back to his hotel. Oh, okay. Room. Well, they they came to his hotel room. Obviously, they're like, "I want to fuck." Right. But then he drugs them and rapes them. Okay, that's just for power. So crazy. Why not? Why not even just say like, "Hey, I know this is gonna be weird, but this is like kind of what I'm into. Would you be into it?" I mean, I'm not trying to. Make I don't a think ju- that's how like. It I know works. I just laughed about it, but I'm like, I'm not trying to make. I know that it isn't how it works, right? Because it's fucking rape. Then if he said that to them, I bet a percentage of the women would be like, "Okay, I guess." Like, I don't even see why he needed the craludes. You you have a great comedian who's doing stand-up in all these different states and you need to trick these women and then give them quaaludes? No, but he that's what Matt's saying. He didn't need to. He wanted to. It, that's it, what he a, likes doing. It's probably a power control type thing. Right. I mean, I, don't, I can't relate to it. Right. But that, that, at least I'm going to admit on, on air, well, clearly. Andrew Wyatt added, Mr. Cosby's power is back. It's back. He has been restored. I hope he dies tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, whatever. You know what? But here's the thing. Are more, ch- they're going to retry him. You got to assume that yeah, at a certain gonna point retry. they're going to get this guy on something. Right? They already said they're going to retry the case. Is it being unfair to Bill Cosby? I mean, at... no, you committed a crime. No, he didn't commit any crime. He committed no crime. Well, he's alleged, allegedly committed right. crimes. We haven't, until he's convicted, he has not, although he did admit in deposition, you said. Well, no, he admitted in deposition that he gave them quaaludes and got them drunk, but he said it was all consensual and nobody's been able to prove otherwise. So is this unfair to Cosby? I'm saying for me personally, obviously Cosby raped someone out of this bunch. The, the court of public opinion has decided, but the actual... But I'm saying, but is that fair? I mean, because technically the guy has not been acu- found guilty of anything. And but, but by the way, I, I did look up what the actual purpose of the statute of limitations is. Yeah, well, I'm and, sure there's a purpose. Well, and it's it. basically to ensure that like, someone gets a, a fair speed trial is not just dragged out over the course of years. And yeah, but tough shit. That's what we have now because of money and corporations and whatever. Trials take 80 years. That's why people don't sue anyway. Trump does it. Trump sues people and he just ties them up for decades because well, that's that, what I mean, he that's, wants to do. That's someone intentionally delaying, but the, the, right. the justice system itself has to do things speedily. It has to go at a good pace, and that's the logic behind it. And because evidence can get destroyed, things can... I think that's 
crazy, especially in cases that involve sexual assault, rape, because there's a backlog of like rape kits that could take, you know, a decade to fucking get to anyway. Yeah. There should be no, especially but, with sexual assault, there should be no statute of limitations. But by that logic, evidence, that evidence can degrade and deteriorate and you want to work through that as quickly as possible, therefore. So the yeah, but, it, but logically, yeah, but if it takes you 10 years to get to this, but she first brought him to court in 2005. It's 2017. The, regardless of a statute of limitations, that shit is going to degrade. They could have started the proceedings ten years ago, and it could have taken ten years to get through it. Well, uh, and that's know. where that's why there's a fundamental flaw in our justice system that we're right. not like we need to address the fact that I mean, everyone knows our criminal justice system is broken. Where we spend so much time just throwing people away for petty charges instead of going after things that we should be going after. Right. Anyway, Cosby mistrial. We'll see if we get another. Tri- I mean, you got to assume they're going to they're going to go for it. Yeah, right. they're going to go for it again. But, but at the same time, what's I mean. Okay, so they drag this out for a couple a couple more years. He's already in his eighties. What's the real? What's going to come of this? And then you get you lock up this well, eighty year old ju- man. Well, it's yes. but that's not. But yeah, it's justice for the per. I mean, he assaulted this woman. Andrea Constant says that he she was assaulted by him. So she wants well, yeah she wants well, somebody to she. It, you go through your whole life. I'm sure as for her, if and I'm assuming it is true what she's saying. The guilt, the anxiety, there's a lot attached to that that she's lived her whole life for. This son of a bitch is going, you know, 80 years old, so wealthy, famous, everybody loves him. When in reality, apparently, there was a lot more going on. And, you know, I, I'm but, sure for this woman, it would be, it would at least give her some kind of closure. Well, you know? and to, to those ends, I think she's already been validated in the sense that the public, oh, opinion, has, ha, public opinion has decided that he is the rapist. Percentage of, uh, I, I look up some polling on it. I mean, everyone I, everyone I ever talked to, like, he'd become a joke at this point. Like, yeah, he's he's a rapist. Some people. I get, but One of the chicks from his show, the Cosby show, was with him at court. And she was like, he, say he's vindicated. Mm-hmm. He never raped me. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> he didn't rape every woman he knew. That would be a lot of raping. No, but you know what I mean? So it's like, yes and no. But I, for the woman that and, allegedly got raped... Uh, I don't think she gives a shit whether like everybody's like, well, yeah, we kind of believe you. Okay. I mean, I hope the biggest, the best thing that could come from a conviction would be then you could take a civil case and sue the pants off him for all the hundreds of millions of dollars he's worth and give some money to the victims. Yeah. Because I I don't care. Or he didn't do it. (laughs) That's the thing. Or he didn't do it. That's the problem. That's the, that's always the issue. The court, and we're going to get into it in a little while with the, the Philando Castile case. Oh God. If a court, doesn't think you're guilty, you know, or doesn't find you mm-hmm. guilty, you're not guilty. That's how that is how it works. Even though all the evidence obviously points to the contrary, you didn't get 12, you got 10. And that which by the way is another issue that I have with the justice system, the the way the ju- you know, jury selection and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here because they knew they had probably at least two or three people on that jury that was never going to convict Cosby. Well, well that's that's the issue with a celebrity trial like this and why you just hate to, like it, these are so hard to deal with and Right. Yeah. How do you find somebody impartial and biased? Well, or how do you guarantee that the 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 defense is not going to be able to get somebody that they know isn't part? You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. they're trying to pick somebody that they're like reasonably this person is not going to to cave. Well, there's so many. They ga- just need one. They need one out of twelve. There, there's so many games played with jury selection. Even when you look when you look at the like the Castile case, like I'm sure like there are only two black jurors on that case. I'm sure that the prosecution was trying to keep as many black jurors off that trial. Of off course. That panel. And I mean, there should be a jury of the peers, but it's, I, I, I hate the games that are played, but at the same time, I'd rather it's better to let, let a bunch of, a bunch of guilty people go free than one, one innocent man go to jail. 
That's yeah, but, they, yeah. but that uh, happens. That anyway. is how our That is how the system is set up. That is, unfortunately, we now lock up a bunch of people with plea deals. Right. That we lock up tons of innocent men by saying, "Oh, you can't afford to defend yourself. Therefore, just plea out, and you'll get one year instead of ten. Yeah, no, for sure. So well, that's, right. but that's a whole separate that, thing. Yeah. But yeah. Um. All right. Let's. Here's what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about because we have Philando Castile, which is, I think we're gonna talk about for quite a bit. Chelsea Manning. Our engagement overseas in the Middle East, mm. gerrymandering Trump. So we got a lot more stuff to cover. Before we get into any of that, I think probably the best thing to do is to talk about our sponsor for this episode, who I mentioned earlier, and we really appreciate the fact that they are sponsoring this podcast. Guys, go to blueapron.com slash Samson. I'm going to give you the whole details about the Blue Apron service. We've talked about it before on the show, but it supports Blue Apron, who supports us, which we really appreciate. Now, Blue Apron, like we said a number of times, is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in this country. They've established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. And as a result of that, the seafood that they have is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals, and the produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. That's important, man. We talk about corporate responsibility we talk about people um you know caring about the the only planet that we're going to live on blue aprons doing their part by getting involved with these fisheries and these local farms and all the stuff that um you know practice regenerative farming like i said Mm -hmm. and raise the animals responsibly that's the right way to do it uh here are a couple of upcoming meals Mm ready for this these sound good as anything warm smoked trout and asparagus salad with fingerling potatoes and garlic croutons. Sold. Spiced zucchini enchiladas and creamy... Ooh, spiced zucchini enchiladas and creamy lime and tomato rice. I'd eat that right now. I'd eat that every day for the next six weeks. Elote-style vegetable tostadas with summer squash, poblano, 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 poblano peppers, and cilantro rice. Excellent. Listen to this one. You tell me, Joey. Mm-hmm. Would you eat this, yes or no? Peach honey glazed chicken with mashed sweet potatoes, collard greens, and Thai basil. I wouldn't call it eating. I would call it sucking it down. Oh, wow. Okay. I like what you did there. Uh, what else we got, Joey? All right, Chris. Let me turn it back on you. How is Blue Apron affordable? I like what you did there. For less than $10 per person, Joey. This is how they're affordable. Less than $10 per person per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Chris, variety is the spice of life. Hmm. What is the variety? Variety, according to Blue Apron, you can choose new recipes each week or let Blue Aprons, this is nice, culinary team surprise you. Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never get bored. I like letting the culinary team surprise you, especially if you're not very picky. I'm not a, a very picky eater, so it's like, let it rip, guys. I, I, I'm interested to see what you come up with. That's nice. Yeah, it is. Definitely. How is it flexible? You can. These are great questions. I like what you're asking me. You can customize your recipes each week based on your preferences. If you're not like me, where you really you're good to eat pretty much anything, you can customize your ref, uh, your recipes each week based on your preferences. Blue Apron has special delivery options, so you can choose what fits your needs. And there's no weekly commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. How about that for flexibility, Joey? You got yeah, anything that's else? Awesome. Challenging you, me? Yeah. You know what? I'm lazy. Uh huh. 
How do we make this easy? Well, I'll tell you. That's you are. You know what? I wouldn't say you're lazy, but sometimes people are working hard. You come home, you don't feel like it. Each meal comes with a step by step, easy to follow recipe card and pre portioned ingredients, and can be prepared in be prepared in forty minutes or less, which is ridiculous. I feel like you're gonna ask me one more thing. Yes. Why don't you do it? In life, uh huh. Everything needs a guarantee. Well, a lot of people say nothing's guaranteed. Guess what, Blue Apron? Some things are guaranteed. Their freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they're going to make it right. So I don't know what else to tell you. You should check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Samson. That's S-A-M-P-S-O-N, the second half of mandatory Samson. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Samson. Blue Apron, Joey. A better way to cook. That's right. Uh, thank you to Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash Samson. Blueapron.com slash Samson. It makes us look good when you go on there and you order and they go, oh, well, this show is bringing something to the table. More than just dynamic political conversation, we also... Bring people to Blue Apron. So that's what we try to do. Let me tell you this, by the way, mm-hmm. go on Apple Podcasts, which is just iTunes, but they call it Apple Podcasts now. Leave a nice comment. Leave a nice rating for us. It takes seconds. Just go on there. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a nice review. Leave a nice comment. I'd really appreciate it. I'm going to be checking. we got two weeks. I'd love to see a few more on there. Oh, that would really be appreciate nice. It. Yeah, let, come on. Help us out. Ready to get in with the rest of the program? Yes. All right, so the next thing we're going to talk about, and now we you we talked about this previously on MSP 88, Darkest Before Dawn. So if wow. you want to go back, so that's a while back. Um, if you want to go back and listen to that episode, feel free. It's the Philando Castile shooting. On Friday, Minnesota police officer Geronimo Yanez was found not guilty of second-degree manslaughter in the death of 32-year-old Philando Castile. We played this video apparently on MSP 88, discussed it, and this one, like the one we, t- who did we talk about last week or whatever, a couple of weeks ago? I can't it's, it's slipping my Matt, can you look at like a couple of weeks ago, like who, who what shooting we discussed? You can look in the uh, description of the episodes. But like that one, which we're going to find out. It's just slipping my mind for now. Um, this Philando Castile one really seemed, Oh, God damn it. Who was it? It was, he was in the road. I can't think of his name. He was in the middle of the road. Shots fired. What? What? Oh, unfortunately they just come up too frequently. Just Google Betty Jo Shelby and then see who she murdered. Cause she was, you know, was found innocent in that case anyway. But this Philando Castile one seemed even less like there should have been an issue because they had all the evidence. Well, the, the, the evidence was on the side of the, the girlfriend filming it and all right, well, whatever. I'm just rambling. Let new dash cam video came out. This is the point. He's found not guilty of second degree manslaughter. The cop, even though at the time it seemed like, well, clearly he should not have killed Philando Castile. New video came out (coughs) a couple days ago which I'm going to play now. It's the, it's like the 30, 40 seconds before the, the original video, the girlfriend's video on Facebook starts. And you could hear what took place before he shoots 
Philando Castile. And it's even clearer that this guy murdered him and should be in jail and there should be consequences. And there aren't. Uh, do we want to hear the video? Yes. Now. Now, again, this takes place. This is the dash cam video that the police have released. Okay. And it picks up before the Facebook live stream that the girlfriend set up, which took place after he'd already been shot. Cause there was some doubt then, I guess as far as like, well, maybe something could happen. Nah. We're going to play it. You got it, Matt. Uh, Terrence Crutcher. Terrence Crutcher. God damn it. Yeah. We talked about yes. it uh, last week or the, or the week before. This is the dash cam video. You tell me if this guy should have been murdered in front of his girlfriend and five-year-old daughter. Okay. Uh-huh. And also you tell me if the cop should be in jail today. Or walking free like he is. Once again, dash cam video. Hello, sir. Good. How are you? Good. Uh, reason I put you over, you, your brake lights are out. So you only have one activated active brake light, and that's going to be your passenger side one, your third brake light, which is up here on top. And then this one back here is going to be out. There is also a second officer standing to the right of the car. Okay, they're pulled over on the side of the road. Okay. The cop that is talking who's about to kill him is calm. Nobody's panicking. The wife is uh, the girlfriend is not yelling. The daughter's not doing anything. The other cop is there casual. No, nothing is happening. It is very calm. Again, a routine traffic stop, a brake light, Sandra Bland. We've seen this before. You have a license insurance? Very calm. Sorry, I have to tell you I have a firearm on me. Meanwhile, now you can see from the dash cam, the officer's already has his hand on his gun. He's already taking his gun out. I was quick. By the way, as I'm going to jump back, as Philando Castile is telling him that, the cop is saying okay already before he even says anything, which I don't understand. It's like that's not good listening skills, right? He's going, sorry, I just have to tell you. And he goes, okay, okay. Like, no, no, no. Let him finish what he has to tell you. I do have a okay. firearm on okay. me. Don't reach for it, then. I'm, 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 don't pull it out. Don't pull it out. Don't pull it out. the little girl has jumped out of the car because she's scared. Get the baby girl out of here! He sounds calm, right? He seems like he was in full control of that situation. He went from zero to fucking panicked. Immediately. I was going to say that. Ask that um, how do you say that? Uh, escalated quickly. Yes, it escalated very quickly. Yeah, I mean, very quickly. To be fair, that is adrenaline. He's like he knows he's just done something really serious. I I can't blame him that he has adrenaline running in his system. That's where the panic is coming from. I'm sure. But then we need to have a much better vetting process as far as who becomes a cop. 
if you can't remain calm in a stressful situation, you shouldn't be a cop, which is that went for he escalated that. Well, well, I'm saying the adrenaline, the adrenaline is after the shots are fired, the adrenaline is going to happen. I'm saying the, the decision. Yeah, but he's the panicking making, because he goes, oh, fuck, I just murdered somebody and I might go to jail for this. That's what he's thinking. It's but, not, but the decision is made the split second before the adrenaline kicks in, before he makes the shots. And that's where the training needs to be. Because well, yeah. I've seen plenty of plenty of videos with those white assholes who are like, "Oh, I, I'm open carry and all that," trying to show that off, and they'll say to a cop, "Oh, I'm carrying a gun." It's like, "Okay, can I see your permit?" Right. And that. Well, and that's, that's what he was reaching for. That's yeah. the thing. He was going to give him the license for it or uh-huh. license and registration, which he asked for. Right. So he's getting that, and as he's getting it, he's telling me, "Because well, don't reach for it." And he sh- dead shoots the guy, however many times, five times, six times. And, and the problem. <laughs> Okay, now in that is where the Facebook, the, the a video that everybody's seen where she's live yes. streaming it where he's dying next. That is where it starts right there. So you're talking to maybe a minute, you know, a minute and a half before the Facebook live stream. Uh, well, well, the problem should the problem is the cop should want him to tell him that he has a gun. Well, that, right, that he be did. He did yeah. the right thing entirely. So, so he, he did entirely the right thing. The cop is the one who was in the wrong, but the problem is you're never going to be able to, you can't convict these people just because the way the law is set up. Well, well I, I don't understand that. Obviously, there this this couldn't be clearer that the cop is at fault. Period. There, there's no excuse for this. Let me read you this quote because this one really sent me over the edge. And it kind of disputes what you're saying. I mean, I get what you're saying as far as like the adrenaline with the shots and whatever. But it disputes completely what the cop, like what why he felt he had to uh shoot Philano Castile. This is from an invest the transcript of the investigation that mm-hmm. was done. This is what Officer Yanez had to say. He goes, I thought if he's if he has the the guts and the audacity to smoke marijuana in front of the five year old girl and risk her lungs and risk her life by giving her secondhand smoke and the front seat passenger doing the same thing, then what what care does he give about me? Being that the inside of the vehicle smelled like marijuana, I didn't know if he was keeping it, the gun, on him for protection for from uh, a drug dealer or any, anything like that or any other people trying to steal from him. What? What? He, they're risking the kid's life by having weed in the car or whatever, even if that's true? Maybe it's Minnesota and they have a different thought process. I, I, I don't well, know. Well, obviously the thought... What I'm saying is this guy feared for his life. Because that was marijuana smoke? There was no marijuana smoke. He smelled marijuana. He's just saying, like, well, if they're going to get high in front of a five-year-old, like, who the hell knows what they're going to do? What are you talking about? Yeah, you see, that doesn't dispute anything I've said. I'm saying that, like, the adrenaline is after the fact. Like, that's why it explains why he's so panicky. Yeah, but, uh, but, but he could also be panicky because he goes, fuck, I just shot somebody yeah, for exactly, no reason. Yeah, exactly. That's, and that's, like, it's the adrenaline that hitting in. That's where the panic comes from. This is just a useless, this is just a useless justification of why he did it. He's just trying to cover his ass with this statement. Right. That's well, but that's what is. I'm saying. But the panic, yes, it could be because and, you shoot somebody and that happens. But it could also be because he, he's panicked that he's going to go to prison because he and, fucked up. Well, and the law says that as a cop, you're like the interpretation of the law is that okay, as a cop, if you're you have to be able to justify why you shot someone, why you and this is his justification. It's bullshit, right? But that's what I'm saying. That's where the panic is coming from. The, the, knowing that you have to justify it uh, could lead to panic more so than just shooting somebody. See, here's my thing. Because if you think you're justified, you could probably be calm about it. See, here's my thing. If he was trying to say that he was in fear of his life, a better way to approach it to me would have been to say, you know what? This was 
Castillo's 46th traffic stop. Yeah. Now, if you're stopped 46 times, even if it is minor traffic violations, there was something wrong. I'm sorry. You cannot be stopped 46 times. Sure you can. You maybe don't have the money to pay for it. And, and Joey, have you ever heard of... What are you ex- talking about? Have you ever heard of the expression driving while black? I mean, it's that... People get pulled over all the time because they're black. Right. Well, that's true. It's discrimination in the system. Yeah, but but aren't you part of the same so you, community? So, what, so, what, so you, what? The same community of the same cop is going to pull you over thirty times well, you, because so you, you're black. So you think he should be executed for not having? That's a tail not what face. I'm then saying. What, what is your point? My point is is if he was trying to defend himself, who's trying to defend who? If the cop is talking about the, the guy smoking marijuana in front of his child, so you don't know what he's going to do would be, I feel, would be a better excuse to say it was his 46th stop. At least use that or something. Well, here's the thing. If it's his 46th stop, they already should have in the records that he has a... Has a a gun, right? A a license to carry that gun. So it shouldn't be an issue to begin with. They should know that when they walk up to the car. They should go, you know, sir, you've been pulled over 46 times. We have on record that you are licensed. You know, do you have the gun in the car now? So the cops should be prepared. So that's less of an excuse. So which means that the other 45 times he didn't tell the officer that he has. No, I don't know what the fuck it means. No, I have no idea. I have no idea what it means. It just seems off to me. I'm sorry. Well, I I don't really see how it's relevant that he got pulled over. Yeah. Okay. That's annoying. I guess that he got pulled over that many times. But so what? (laughs) What does that have to do with anything? He handled it perfectly fine. Well, there's such inherent discrimination in the system that you have cops are more likely to patrol na- uh, minority neighborhoods, which are more likely to have crime in it, which is a whole economic. Yeah, but it, but uh, but any of it is just re- irrelevant. Even if so, what? So even if it had nothing to do with that, he got pulled over 45 times because he literally just doesn't want to fix his taillight. Okay, it has nothing to do with anything other than that that they legitimately pulled him over. So what? That still went to a point where it should not have gone. And that cop, the point is, the cop should be in prison. Somebody should be in jail for this. This is not. Uh, Philando Castile's fault. It's not his daughter's fault. It's not his girlfriend's fault. It just isn't. Regardless of how many times he got pulled over. So what? So who do you blame then? The cop. It's the cop. The no, cop no, shot him. The cop got off. Yeah. All right. So who do you blame now? What? What do you mean? Well, in this, if someone is supposed to be locked up, and all the evidence points to that. How do you get justice to be served? You make That's a note the question, isn't it? that the officers now have to do special training, maybe like, or do do you like bring it down to the level where you reanalyze everything that's going on in Minnesota to prevent this from happening again? Well, I mean, the training thing comes up a lot. I mean, I think that is part of it. I mean, obviously, there's some kind of inherent bias, right? Like Matt was just saying, driving while black, whatever. We know that there, there is, we see it over and over again where where disproportionately black people are pulled over or people of color are pulled over. And then stemming from that incident, it escalates much quicker and, and more aggressively than it should. And... You know, I don't I don't particularly know what the training is, but clearly there needs to be something done in that case. Um, You know, outside of that, we've talked about it before. I think it's the Black Lives Matter, you know, 10 point plan that they put out for how to, you know, uh, affect policing and, and criminal justice reform. One of the aspects is have people that are local to the community. Yeah 
be on the, the force and have some community outreach and, and be able to, like you said, you know, he got pulled over 45 times. It's got to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe the issue is he didn't pay for it. You know, he doesn't want to pay for it or whatever. Yeah. Who the fuck knows what the situation is? But it didn't deserve his life being. No, of course not. And maybe if you had a, a policing that, that dealt with the community, you go, Philando, Jesus, man. It's the 38th time we pulled you over for this. Like, what can we do? What yeah. can we, can we work this out? You know, like get involved as what? opposed to now this resulted in his death. Well, and the problem is, I mean, it goes back to the war on drugs made the police adversarial to the community rather than trying to protect the community. No, oh, yeah, it for goes, sure. Like that's where this, this attitude of policing started. It used to be, you'd have local cops. You just have people who were making sure the community didn't go to shit. Now we have this. Now we have rampant discrimination. We have people saying, oh, Weed is the reason, like, you were smoking weed in front of your child, therefore I think you're going to murder Well, again, someone. not smoking it, but he smelled weed. Yeah. He goes, well, this guy's willing to smoke and weed in front of a five-year-old and risk her life. What are you, out of your motherfucking mind? Uh, he had to protect himself from drug dealers, what the article says. Like, right. Because someone's going to come up to steal weed. Well, it's a huge weed. jump. Right, it's a huge jump. I mean, it is a huge if, jump. If, if, he had a, if he had a kilo of coke on him, sure. But nobody's ever come up to steal a little bag of weed. The... That there is no bag of that's the thing, like, yeah. but he's just saying it. He's assuming, like, a oh, black dude with a gun, he must be a drug dealer. Like, what are you talking about? It's just a massive leap that wouldn't be taken if I got pulled over with it. Well, this whole thing doesn't make sense either because as Maybe we like commented, pot, this guy loves Dave Matthews, man, fucking pothead. Back in episode 88, the fact that the little girl is there too, it's like, oh, it's just so much it's going sickening. on, right? You've affected that kid's life forever. I mean, she watched her, her, her dad get murdered in front of her. For no reason. For a taillight, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, this, this one is, it's another disgusting example. We talked about it when it first happened again, MSP 88, and, you know, we're seeing it again here. It's really, what, what do you do? You know, what do you do in these cases? Because what, because people will again critique, critique the victim. To me, he couldn't have done anything differently in that case. But even if he could have done something a little differently, what, put his hands up or whatever, you're talking about, you're putting such a burden on somebody because they're black that the the heightened level of awareness that that person would have to have in that situation is just unreasonable to have to put that on someone. You understand what I'm saying? Like, okay, even if you could say, well, maybe he shouldn't have reached for anything. He should have put his hand, whatever you're going to say. How could he possibly have fucking assumed any of that? Because even if he did all that, then there might have been something else. You know what I mean? It, it, there's such a laundry list of things that it's just it's such an undue burden that you're putting on people. Well, and the sad truth is that if you're a person of color in America, you have to basically like you sh- if if you get pulled over, you should keep your hands. Well, on the Well, don't get pulled over. Yep. that's literally what it is. Well, do but, not get pulled. But over. if you do, you should basically keep your hand on the steering wheel. If you have a gun, say like keep, hands on the steering wheel, just say. I have a gun, and don't do any like you have to follow his ex- yeah, instructions that, but, to T. Totally, but that's, but life doesn't but go like that. right. But that that right, well, and you shouldn't have to. And that's not the solution. I understand. No, what I'm, you're saying, I'm saying, but in the meat, like while we're looking for the solution, you have to be very careful. And I wish it wasn't. I wish it was the same treatment that I would get, but that's just not the case. And like, yeah, let's let's solve the big, the bigger problem, but also you have to just follow the exact instructions and. Which in this case he did, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he did. Yeah. He, he, but, but he made the mistake of reaching reaching for for his uh, wallet when he yeah, had... but he was asked to. That's the thing. That that's the interesting thing about when this video comes in. He goes, "I need your li- you know license registration." So, he's getting it, I, and he's like, "By the way, well, don't don't reach for it." Well, no, but I have to get dead. 
and and that's why like be just as blunt as you can and just say like I like I'll I'll reach for my I'm reaching for my wallet. If you want, you can grab the gun out of my pocket instead. No, like, you can't. You, you this is the thing. No, no, no. I mean, so the many is, more. No, there's no, there's no. To me, no matter what he did, obviously in this case he was gonna get shot. As soon as he said the thing about the gun, it was over. The cop just fucking freaked out. There was nothing he was gonna do there. The problem is after the fact, there's no punishment for the cop. Who obviously was wrong. Obviously. There's no question about it. Should be in jail. Murdered him. Betty Jo Shelby should be in jail. She murdered somebody. That one, I think, is cut and dry that he didn't do anything wrong, Terrence Crutcher. But he didn't respond to her. Behaved maybe slightly odd, right? Or all mm-hmm. Contributing to what is already obviously a bias there. This one... You hear him just go like, sorry, I just have to let you know. Like, couldn't be calmer. His wife, his girlfriend's there. His daughter's there. What do you think he's going to do? He's not going to do anything. What, why, what, what's the matter? Why are you freaking out? It's another one. Yeah, I know. And this one is gross. I mean, you're comparing, but this one out of all, even all of them, all of them that we talked about, fuck, man, what did he do? What did you want him to do? I got no answer for you, Chris. The cop's giving it, uh, conflicting instructions also. He says, I need to see your ID, your insurance. And then he goes, well, don't reach for it. But he's, he's already reached. You already asked for it. He's already reaching for it. Yeah, because the registration is going to be in the glove compartment. Or wherever it is, right? He's sitting on it or it's in the glove. Yeah, right. Center console, whatever. Yeah. There you go. No, you're right. The moment he said gun, he was a dead man. Yes. Yep. So would you suggest he not say gun? And well, right, but that's the thing, the right? Then you're, then you're ri- right, exactly. Then the cop goes, you know, right. Then you risk finding out that there's a gun. That's what the thing you're saying. He got pulled over 45 times. I'm sure he's mentioned it before. Well, so, so basically, the solution becomes don't put yourself in that situation, which is an impossible situation. Like right? Yeah, but that's right. blaming the victim again. Exactly. I mean, All of it is putting such undue burden on the person that is eventually going to get murdered when the fucking burden needs to be on the police who are. It's not like they get drafted to be cops. They volunteer to be police officers. Then you need to be held to a higher... I'm sorry. You need to be held to a higher standard. Yeah, it's a dangerous job. Then don't do it. But saying... Go get a different job. But for years saying, I'm a law and order candidate has been... It just gets people people so hard. And it's like, oh, law and order, law and order. It's like, no, we need to calm down with the war on drugs well let's, we do with, scale back. we do with jail as well you know prison in this country we assume that the harder you go against somebody the better it's going to be but actually we've seen evidence quite to the contrary when you look in the way scandinavian countries run their prison systems the actually the better you treat people the more likely they are to come out and not go back into jail it's the same thing here and i think it carries through policing and and you know the criminal justice system and, and the- prisons that well, we just got to get tough on crime. No, maybe you should get like treat people with more respect and with love. That's the only way you're going to turn this shit around. It's not with getting tough because people go, fuck you. But, and, and rightfully so. Why would you have an attitude of like, can I have another? Yeah, God, hit me again. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, fuck off after a certain point. But, of course. But the problem has become that in our, in our society where money rules all, recidivism in for-profit prisons is the goal. Oh, yeah. And that has captured our justice system. 
So we're not going to end the war on drugs. We're not going to stop going after black people because more black people in jail puts more po- more money in billionaires' pockets. Corporations rule everything around me. For- That's the way that this country's run. It's cash, but it's corporations. Really what? For, for the record, for everyone who I, who's not Chris, I, I recently watched the documentaries that he's talked about. Oh, yes. We should talk about that. So, so, uh, I, well, do we have any final points about Philando Castile here? I mean, I, nah, what, I think what else are you going to say? Right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, you know, rest in peace. And, you know, to his family, it's like, what, what do you what do you <laughs> what do you do? You know, I, I just hope that the community is there to help support the family oh, in their time of need. Be. Yeah. And that the daughter, that this doesn't ruin the daughter's life. Right. And, if, you know, in a crazy way, you would go, it probably won't because on a certain level, as a five-year-old, you know, black kid in America, you know that this is possible on some level. You yes. know what I mean? They, they're and, and the sad percentage of black men who go to jail anyways. And, I mean, there's the trope or whatever you want to call it of the black father who, isn't there, is, who goes to jail, which is more criticism of society than is. It's like it's that's an issue that right. we should that shouldn't be happening. No, um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully, right? I mean, hopefully, it will obviously affect her life, but you know, like you said, hopefully, the, there's a community around her that can. But but unfortunately, this does mean she's starting off from a worse off position than a, oh, a, absolutely a, than right. A white than I was right, up. right. Let's talk about that for a second. That's a great point. Five year old, you know, her her life is just starting. She's starting mm. her school life, all that stuff. Yeah, this is immediately going to put her at a disadvantage. Pull yourself up by your boots. Yeah, okay. She can work hard. She can do all that stuff. But immediately you've put her at a disadvantage for a number of reasons. Her dad is not around. Her, you know, this is obviously she's going to have PTSD from this. You're not going to get through this mentally not being, you know, unscathed. You're not going to go unscathed. That's going to affect her. She's got to go to kindergarten. You know what I mean? You think she's going to want so many different things. And at at five years old, she's done nothing wrong in life to deserve this. No, like of course not. So it, I mean, just so happens that I it was, w- it was her weed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she, she was actually selling at school. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> she was the problem. She's after. the kingpin. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. Of course, right. She's done nothing. But I mean, when I was growing up, when I was five, my biggest concern was a fight with my siblings. Like that's right. It's it's not fair, and that's unfortunate. My parents true. only had one kid because they created perfection. Well, so I'm the young- stopped. I'm the youngest of three, so I figured they stopped when they got it right. Yeah, or they were like, ugh, a third failure. We're done. Yeah, e- either, either, either way. Either way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not cool, Chris. Not cool. Shut up, Joey. As long as you uh, don't elevate the, my siblings above me, we're good. Right. Um, you watched the documentaries. What did you watch? So I watched uh, Hypernormalization yeah. and yes. and uh, Stealing Democracy. Hacking Democracy. Yeah, Hacking Democracy is sad. Did you cry? I didn't cry, but it, it certainly made me a lot more cynical. And like, there's some. I think they could have cut a little bit out of hypernormalization. I think there was there's probably like 40 minutes they could cut out of that documentary. Right. Wow, 40 well, minutes. Whatever, that's a long. Yeah. Well, it's that's like, like a half a documentary. No, there's one like storyline that. Yeah, there's that weird segment with like, oh, they start talking about UFOs, which I thought was a little a little unnecessary. Yeah, but the point of hypernormalization is that people believe in a fake world. Like the idea. The way that the world is presented is fake. You know, and, like there and there's Muammar Gaddafi. They they built that whole story. And out of whole cloth. I mean, it's just not real what they talked about with Mark Davi. I mean, it all starts back with Kit with Kissinger back in the back dealing with uh, Hafez al Assad right. and his like he he just wanted to destabilize the Middle East, which led to the current situation of them fighting back, and then everyone lost control. And yeah, watch the documentary, and you'll get more of this. But at the end of the day, it just made like I realized, oh shit, now I'm really gonna be more cynical. 
I like combining the two. I look at the Ossoff election. I'm looking at all these elections. I'm just thinking, well, how do I know these results are actually real? We're, we know our elections have been hacked. Right. What, what is real anymore? And we don't know. Yeah. And it's kind of left me with a the the. This is obviously going to be hyperbolic saying it's like it just feels like pre World War One. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Nobody knows how how to really handle this situation and. Yeah, it'll make you cynical if you watch these, but they are interesting stories. It can. It can. Uh, hyper, hacking democracies, fat, when that woman looks at the results of the experiment, that they, they're trying to prove in Florida that you can get into these Diebold voting machines and affect the uh, the totals. You can change the totals. And, and this is back in 2005, by the way. All right, right? Uh, it, was, it was after the John Kerry election. So yeah, it was after that yes. election. So this is a long time ago, and yeah. they haven't oh, really? done anything to update the system. No, as far it, as it's a, no. It's, I'm sure it's still entirely put. Like and, whatever they were able to do then, it might not be exactly the same, but they could probably do something. But similar. The, the corporate way of addressing the situation is that they, they instead of fixing it, they make it illegal to know what the source code is, so that we can't prove <laughs> that they're changing it. Right. Which is, and that now we're looking at this news that oh, Russia's hacked the system. Shock. What a well, shock. Well, right, they're, they're hat, but that's the thing. They're trying to get in with election officials, and that would be the way you do it. If you watch Hacking Democracy, you go, yeah, of course, you don't have to change the whole vote. You just got to get to one company that makes the machines and then and change you, it you in certain counties. That's yeah. it. Or, or just go or go to certain counties and bribe right. the right person. Yeah, just well, per- that's, but there's more of a trail there. Well, I mean, but they proved that all it takes is one person to put to put the card with the the right code into the machine. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, in this, really watch Hacking Democracy. It's fa- fascinating. Um, the man when that woman looks at the results she just starts crying and i cried when i watched because it's like she, you can see in her eyes like oh i don't believe in any of this anymore like yeah, i literally can't believe that this is a real thing because it our vote doesn't count because you can change it you easily can change it well it's shocking at, <laughs> at least here in new york when i voted there was at least a paper ballot that, yes. le- that left a trail why don't why isn't that legally required that you have a paper ballot that yeah have uh, uh, the machine count it but then if you want to recount have it so there's a paper uh, uh, again trip. why isn't there a uniform voting across the country i understand that states and count it but like that's stupid it should just be everybody votes in the same way and right you i had to fill it in with a fucking pencil in new york and then you scan it in that's right that's the right way to do it and please don't have the punch ones because we don't need any more hanging no, chat elections no more oh hanging chads we're done with again. those no. but yeah but, it's fascinating right they're interesting documentary and i just suggested to you before the show in please watch inside job I'll, I'll definitely Ooh. give that a watch, but Ooh. The, and uh, actually, also watch uh, with these two other documentaries. I also watched Get Me uh, Roger Stone, which yeah, that I haven't watched yet. I mean, I like Roger Stone; he's funny. <laughs> he's a smarmy asshole, and a, I like him. He, he's an interesting person. He's he's not boring. He is who he is. That guy. Yeah, I sort of respect. It sort of maybe gains respect for him at the same time, hating his existence. Hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he's a, he's just an interesting figure. That it was a fun documentary in a right. way that makes you want to hate your hate yourself more. Um, yeah, check out those documentaries, y'all. Chelsea Manning, listen to this. So Chelsea Manning did a New York Times interview recently. This is her rationale. We're going to do this. We're going to do the, uh, oh, God, we have so much more. That's all right. We'll get through it. Uh, Chelsea Manning had this to say about why she released the documents. She Mm -hmm. said, there were two worlds, the world in America and the world I was seeing in Iraq. I wanted people to see what I was seeing. You did that. There are plenty of things that should be kept secret. Let's protect sensitive sources. Let's protect troop movements. Let's protect nuclear information. Let's not hide missteps. Let's not hide misguided policies. Let's not hide history. Let's not hide who we are and what we are doing. Right. I agree. And Chelsea Manning should never have gone to prison for what she did. She did the right thing. As far as I'm concerned, 
Meanwhile, BuzzFeed News this week obtained a secret 107-page Department of Defense task force report that concluded with high confidence that disclosure of the Iraq data set will have no direct personal impact on current and former U.S. leadership in Iraq, which was used as a cudgel against Chelsea Manning that, well, she endangered people. And the whole thing was a lie. It's, yeah, no. Apparently, with high confidence, the Department of Defense says that none of it will have personal impact on current and former U.S. leadership in Iraq. Yeah. Okay. Well, that I feel like that could possibly be used to vindicate Chelsea Manning, right? I don't think she needs anything anymore. She I, does. They're trying to get it taken off the record. She went oh, to jail. Oh, it's on the record. She got okay. clemency, but oh, she right, wasn't. Understood. You know, she she her pardoned. her sentence was commuted. She was right. not pardoned, and she'll never she'll never get pardoned. I'm sorry. She, I don't know. She maybe just we'll won't. see. Because even if there was nothing wrong on there, she still committed the crime. That's not in doubt. It, but the question is whether it's a crime or not. Leak by definition, leaking classified information is a crime. Like that. Yeah, but by pretty... definition, then what is a whistleblower? Unfortunately, if you're going to be a whistleblower, there's sometimes a certain a, a sense of martyrdom. We'll a certain sense of martyrdom. We'll see. Especially, I, if nothing... I do think the the monkey wrench again in her case is the fact that she was an active military soldier. That's that's the crux of the the yeah, argument. Patty, what do you want her to do? She was there. Well, so. you have to follow military code. And yeah, she tried. Unfortunately, she tried. If you again. no, she she actively went to get. She, you're not. I've never read the military handbook. I've never read the military code. But I'm pretty sure leaking information, any information, You're, is against she code. tried to go up the chain of command. She did. Nobody did anything about it. At that point, you are legally allowed then to release the document. You you are allowed to become a whistleblower at that point. That is how it is written. That's the thing. Like that's what's crazy about the whole scenario. She did try to put the, you know, she went to superiors to be like, I, I feel like this isn't right what we're doing, and they were like, Yeah, okay, okay bye bye. And then she said, Well, okay, I got to do something about this. That is what happened. Yeah, but, I'm, but the mm. I'm sure her superiors said, "No, we don't want this out for this." Right, but that's reason. that they're wrong because <laughs> the information that came out was important and served a public interest. That we saw what was going on. They violated the rules of engagement there. Well, I think I think the real issue, like that issue, is we should be saying why we can't just shouldn't just classify anything because we don't want it to be seen. We should actually have civilian oversight saying, "Oh, this is not dangerous." Less the sunlight is the best disinfectant, and we're getting more into this police state mentality of secrecy, secrecy, secrecy. Yeah, let like we need more civilian oversight in society. Is the problem we need to stop just having people in power trying to maintain power deciding what they want to classify? What, what yeah, 100%. That was what, um, I can't think of who it was exactly that said it, but um, was talking about the Hillary Clinton stuff with the emails, and that essentially she became kind of a victim in some ways because of that because of the thing that they classify everything regardless of whether it really needs to be classified or not it's just easier to be like well that's classified so that way you don't have to reveal stuff but like a lot of the shit that was in her email probably wasn't um that big a deal it was just classified because that is just what oh it was snowden i think that said it where he was just like or even julian Assange. i forget who it was snowden Assange, Mm -hmm. but they were saying like this stuff gets classified anyway even if it doesn't have to be because it's just easier to do that than to actually sift through, like you're saying, and determine what it could be out, what couldn't be out. Fuck it. Let's just classify all of it. And so Hillary, yeah, might have had some classified doc- or a lot of classified documents, but a, a huge percentage of them probably didn't have to be classified to begin with. So that was part of that well, you know, conversation. But so so why But why isn't there civilian oversight is the real question. I mean, Ugh, I don't know. Get? Who are you going to get? They'll fucking get uh, whatever, Comey. You know, it's like he's out now, so look at Comey. They'll get somebody that was there and then is out, and they'll hire him. 
That's why. The, yeah. You know, that, that's what it is. So basically, we don't do it because we're so we're so cynical and jaded at this point that we know it won't actually change a thing. Yeah. That's sad and unfortunate. Yeah, well, the whole thing's going to collapse eventually. <laughs> um, let's talk about, speaking of things collapsing, let's talk about this. U.S. warplanes have shot down a Syrian army jet on Sunday near Raqqa and two Iranian-made drones on June 8th and again Tuesday in what appears to be escalating tension in the region and American aggression, right? We're shooting down planes now. Meanwhile, in response, Russia said it would treat uh, any U.S.-led coalition plane flying west of the Euphrates as a potential target, which that's cute. And also, that's a big boy. That's a no-fly zone. Right, Russia's essentially putting in a no-fly zone. They're going, anything you fly west of the Euphrates, that's a target. Mm-hmm. So don't, obviously the, the effect would be go for it and then maybe Russia will shoot a plane down and then we're going to have an escalation there. Or we're not going to fly west of the Euphrates and then Russia essentially has put a no-fly zone in place. Adorable. Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, Ezra Cohen Watnick, who's a senior director for intelligence on Trump's National Security Council, and Derek Harvey, who's a National Security Council top Middle East advisor, are pushing for the U.S. to go on the offensive in southern Syria while Secretary of Defense James Mattis has personally shot down their proposals on multiple occasions. Thank you. You think? Yeah. That's good? I don't think... I I just feel like... Kind of like how Matt was referring to World War I about everything. I, I feel this is like a very combustible situation. And... As you said yourself, it could escalate very quickly. Oh, 100%. And One it, plane down and then it's total warfare? What the hell? Right. Well, and again, the the U.S. is trying to flex its muscles. Trump is a tough-talking guy. This is what his administration kind of ran on, that we weren't going to take shit from Iran or whatever. Okay. So they're nibbling. They're right. They're acting tough, but they're not really interested in going to war. The problem is you could provoke that by accident. Yes. And that's what I was concerned about. Trump and Hillary, similar, though, in the way that they would handle these situations, I feel like. Hillary wanted to set up a no-fly zone. Hillary said that we should have bombed Syria. Trump's doing those things anyway. Anyway. And I don't think things would be a lot different. The prob- the, the only difference is that people that Hillary would have in place would have more experience, more knowledge, and Hillary herself would have more experience and knowledge. However, I think she was extremely hawkish, and that was something that I would I would be concerned about if she was president as well. We'll see what happens, but obviously this is an escalation. Mm-hmm. They're escalating. We're shooting well, things down. Well, and so uh, back to hypernormalization briefly. One of the things that they discussed that sort of the Russian strategy right now is to have no clear strategy to basically make it so everyone's on their toes and never knowing what they're doing. Right. So that's what you keep seeing there. It's like, we don't know what they really want. Right. Fully out of Syria. Nobody understands, which is adding to the sense of chaos. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking if World War Three is coming right now, it's more going to be in Qatar, but that's a whole other situation. Yeah, that's a whole... I mean, but you just think of all this instability... Which no... Trump instigated, obviously, of course, with the I mean, and whatever. I mean, Qatar's it was happening, a, but... Qatar's a long way coming in that. Yeah, well, and that's... but I'm saying, but this is not the guy that you want there when you have a delicate situation. You don't want Trump, you know, who... Whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's just... It's a whole clusterfuck, and the problem is that we're, we have this situation in this world where nobody understands it, and then you're adding a country that's actually, actually trying to make it less more like more difficult to understand right and yeah that's, nobody knows what the fuck is going on yeah anymore. part of what hypernormal is i mean really simplifying what it is russia created a strategy of um 
basically just muddying the argument. You know, it's like to boil it down to the simplest terms, like Matt said, there's confusion. People don't know what is actually happening. You don't really know what anybody's motives are. And that's the idea. They know what their motives are. But part of the motive is to just be like, nobody knows what our motives are. Yeah. <laughs> just uh. trying to confuse things to the point where diplomacy doesn't really work Thro- and people become apathetic and then they can kind of just do what they want. All sort of faints all over the place and you never know what's happening. There's what? There's all sort of faints all over the place. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. Um, See, with Trump, it kind of makes me think like... You, you kind of want, like, you're going to have a surgery, and instead of sending a doctor in with a scalpel, you send him in with a fucking chainsaw. Yeah, you've been watching the uh, the cable news, Joey? Why have why they said that? Yeah, I feel like that's the shit that people have been saying, yeah. Uh, that was very good. You're almost ready. You are almost ready for CNN. Um, nice. Yeah, no, but that's the thing, right? I mean, try, yeah, there's no, there's no nuance to this administration. I, no. I believe that's a Fox News argument, actually, that Obama, they, they were saying, oh, Obama's trying to come in and cut the budget with a scalpel, where we think we need a chainsaw to the budget. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. That's pretty much exactly what they say. According to a Trump administration official, by the way, the Pentagon will send 4,000 more U.S. troops to Afghanistan to combat a Taliban resurgence there, uh, bring the troops, U.S. troop total to 6,000 15 years after American involvement began there. We're still at war in Afghanistan, and they're adding more troops. Do you remember the thing? It was like a few, many, many podcasts ago. Well, Joey measures time in podcasts now. That'd be awesome. It was like seventy-five. It was like seventy-five ago. podcasts. Yeah. I mean, ago. I wouldn't be surprised if you do too, to be honest. I really don't. And uh, I measured in UFC events. Uh, they <laughs> ask uh, the the one guy, "How long do you think you're going to be over there in the Middle East?" And he said something like 150 years or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because what do you think? Because we, we keep falling into this trap of like, all right, we'll add a few more troops and we'll knock out the Taliban. That's not how that That's goes. not how it's going to work. That's why they're still there. We've been trying it for 15 years. Uh, it, well, it's just so crazy. Of course they're resurgent. We left. We took a lot of troops out. Let them be resurgent. There was 100,000 troops. Right. So we're going to just keep escalating, keep escalating. You got 50,000 troops back there again. And we're, we're fighting civilians. Like... That's, right. that's why they've adapted this, this, these techniques. That's why they, they, they've adapted suicide bombing, because we can't fight it. Right. There's no conventional way, way to fight no, that right no now. There's no centralized government there or whatever. It's just I, like... I mean, and you look at Mosul, you look at ISIS, and yeah, it's like it's not great, I was going to say, but it, it feels so great because, oh, there's a, an enemy who's that we're besieging, and we get to go in and storm the fortress. Yeah, at least they're called something, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, there's an, a tangible enemy, which is a rare fact, a rare concept there. Uh, finally... Iraqi forces began storming Old City, Mosul, on Sunday in what they hope will be the final assault of an eight-month campaign against ISIS, which they thought was going to take two months. Remember at the beginning, they were like, yeah, two months. Yeah, 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 two months. Eight months, but uh, okay. So we'll see what happens there. It's always fun just storming a giant city with civilians. That's always nice and easy and quick. That's what they said in the the articles I was reading. They're like, it's going to be, there's like 100,000 people there, and like, it's going to be horrific. Like they just should, they're going to be terrified. It's going to be horrible, but it is what it is. Well, and again, our mission towards ISIS is annihilation, not. Yeah, but I'm sorry, but we'll know better than the terrorists themselves. Oh, if we do not. What are you like? Fucking you hate America. Are you calling us terrorists? No, let me finish. Do you hate Joey? Do you hate America? No, I no. do not. But if you have a, a hundred thousand people that don't have food that are being terrorized in their own country, and we do nothing to help them, well, this is us helping them. I mean, we're trying to get ISIS out of there. 
I know, but it just there's got to be more though. Like, where is the human decency? Well, Syria is the big. I mean, if you really want to talk, where's the human decency? Yeah, what the at fuck least, are they doing? At least we're here in Iraq trying to, you know, kill. I, you know, do something. The the fucking horrific shit is is our is going to be our legacy and the world's legacy in Syria. And the problem is, it's really a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. There's no right answer. No, of course. No matter- but, but, but you are right, Joey. Though I mean, it is, yeah, I mean, these people are. But what? It, what? ISIS is there. You know what I mean? They got yeah, there. I know, but I, I, I just feel bad for the hundred thousand. Yes, you should. Right. People that are there through no fault of their own. That they just happen to be born in between those two lines. Yeah, of course. Well, and it's also that's the thing, man. People don't put it in context. The, a hundred thousand people, right? Your whole family is there. Think we've done this before. Think about your immediate family, then think about your cousins, think about your teachers, yeah. the people you work with, think about the you know the guy that drives your bus, the guy that you get the morning coffee from. Dead. <laughs> They're all dead because that's what's happening in these places. They're just getting killed uh, by incidental fire by 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 the government themselves in Syria, in Iraq. You know, it's not quite that situation, but like, of course, there's going to be people that are that are killed there because of this assault. Um, yeah, it's a horrible situation. Put yourself in that situation. Think of 15 people you know that are all dead. That's realistic. That's a realistic possibility. But like Matt said, it's a gray area. What do you do? You you yeah. you do want to kill ISIS, but again, the message of ISIS, I think, a lot of it is online. A lot of it is being spread that way. It's being people being quote radicalized online. It's not actually the the real life in the flesh caliphate, you know. Well, I think there is also some of it that people who grew up with troops around them and grew up in the war zones are fight. Like, it is part of it. They're fighting oh, back, yeah, and that, that's how you become. That's where extremism comes from. Well, this, yeah, this whole generation, I mean, grew up with U.S. occupation in the Middle East. I mean, the Middle East has been fucked for generations, right? For, but I'm for, saying, for but really, the U.S. Point. being there yeah. after 9/11 is, you like, know. A lot of this is is a reaction to that. You, you see, I like to think of the Middle East like the, America's fucking it up right now. But the British, let's not absolve them of any guilt. They've no, fucked up course. for generations. Well, West, Western powers have have been, you know, had their hand in that that cookie jar, cookie jar for for decades. There be oil there. Yeah. Well, right, and then yeah. Well, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yes. The, of course, I mean, you can't. That's the thing. You know, I was joking with you. I was joking. What do you hate America? Mm-hmm. But that's the reality of the situation. We could pretend that like the U.S. and U.S. allies have not been involved there. But obviously that that's a factor. You can't say that it's just, well, that place is fucked up and it's the religion and this and that. It's, it's all a factor. But the U.S. involvement is a factor as well. Absolutely. You know, and so we can't pretend that we're spotless somehow. Like Madison, we're the good guys. Are we? <laughs> we are, I guess. Did it, did it really say we're the good guys? Or yeah. Did- I said, we're the good guys. Yeah, I, I don't believe I said that. We had a huh? I'm, no, I'm, Mattis, not oh, Matt. Mattis. I thought you said no, 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 no. I'm like, I don't think I said that. No, sorry, no, no, no. Mattis from last week. Um. Oh, look at this, John Fager. He's sneaking in like we weren't going to notice. What are you doing? I'm just taking the chair out of here. Oh, it's okay. He's just taking the chair. It's fine. Hmm. He apologized. He's such a sweetie. Um. Yeah. But anyway, so okay. That's what's going on there. We keep our eye on all that stuff. I feel like it's not getting a lot of cut co- because we're talking about fucking John Ossoff on TV all the time. Not the fact that we added 4,000 more troops to Afghanistan and we're going for our final assault in ISIS and Mosul. Like, yeah, let's not talk about any of that. Let, let's just worry about uh, fucking nonsense. You see, you see, that's why the days of Walker, Walter Cronkite were simpler where you had a half hour to get the news out. You said the facts. You didn't have to. It wasn't hours and hours of skewing. Well, yeah, you can watch John Vice Ossoff. News. Watch Vice News. That's good. They, they, they let you know what's going on. 
Uh, gerrymandering, and then we're going to get to the Trump odds and ends. We'll take a quick break, and we'll read some emails. That's okay. good. Uh, the Supreme Court on Monday agreed to hear a case out of Wisconsin, Gill versus Whitford, that could set precedent on political gerrymandering, gerrymandering and dramatically affect new districts following the 2020 census. The South Carolina... Oh, no. Maybe I meant to say, yeah, the Supreme Court recently struck down two gerrymander cases in North Carolina saying districts were drawn along racial lines. I think this is crucial to the future of the country, like sorting out this gerrymandering situation. Gerrymandering in its simplest terms is choosing your electorate. (laughs) It could keep you in Congress for the rest of your life by simply redistricting and keeping black people out of your district if they're not your base um which is essentially what was going on in north carolina and we'll see what goes on in this wisconsin case and we'll see what the supreme court has to say about it but hopefully they set the proper precedent the supreme court did rule in favor or you know ruled against essentially the way that the districts were drawn along racial lines in north carolina which is a positive sign clarence thomas was on the side of, yeah, this is racially drawn, but you can't do it this way. Hmm. That's a big deal. So we'll, we'll see what goes well, he, on. He voted the same way in the 90s and was in the minority back then. And he's, right. he, apparently he's been actually pretty consistent on this one Right, issue. which is wild. And which, you know, that's the other thing about the Supreme Court. Everybody, obviously, Gorsuch is going to be conservative and is, it's going to affect certain rulings. But at a certain point, they are, you know, uh, adherents to the law and they're trying to interpret it the right way. And the Constitution, and they're trying to to interpret the laws this way now, and well, we'll see. Well, and here's the thing: in the night, like in the '90s, gerrymandering was more of a Democratic thing, and it was okay. They did it, they did it best. Now it's the Republicans that are the best gerrymanders, and right. the problem is Texas. It's, it can swing back and forth. Who's gerrymandering better? Let's just get rid of it altogether because it doesn't. It just hurts no, the country. Just, it doesn't help. Yeah, it's just crazy. You don't have to represent people you don't want to represent, which yeah. is not how that works. Mm-hmm. And it it just makes it so you have less efficient districts and less representative of the actual population. So right. people with more certain people get more of a voice than others. Yeah, for sure. Well, and people talk about well, maybe we should have term limits on Congress people. Well, you don't have to have that if they actually have to represent a broad uh, swath of the population as opposed to just the people that they want to represent. Because obviously they'll just keep getting reelected by those people. You you should have to represent. Uh, a number of people, a number of different constituencies. And then if you're not doing that, then you'll get voted out. You won't have to worry about term limits and whatever. It'll take care of itself. But I think term the term limit argument is born out of this political gerrymandering to an extent. And of course, Money, obviously. And of course, the original gerrymander is from my home state of Massachusetts. It, it is literally gerrymander, right? That yeah, that was, that was, it was yeah. a guy who, like, he was the one who started it. He had, right. he was a congressman from Massachusetts, so. Yeah, I'm just just saying. Peter Gerrymander. What was his first name? I believe it was Gerrymander. Oh, was it? Can you Google it? I, would say. <laughs> I thought it was like something Gerrymander. And, and also, me if I would get me the year on that. Two. Oh, I mean, it's been. It was the 1800s. Sometimes. Yeah, it's been a long oh, time. Oh, okay. Um. All right, Trump odds and ends. You you look up the gerrymander thing, but we'll let's get to the Trump odds and ends. Okay. Just a quick one this week. Not nothing crazy, but I do have a Trump uh, quote here. Trump tweeted last week apparent confirmation that he is in fact under investigation. <laughs> he said a number of times, like he's not under investigation. And then he tweeted this uh, last week. I am being investigated for firing the FBI director by the man who told me to fire the FBI director, which hunt after seven months of investigation and committee hearings about my collusion with the Russians air quotes. Nobody has been able to show any proof sad. So 
<laughs> after months and months of them being like, no, 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 he's not under investigation. He starts a tweet with, I'm being investigated for dot, dot, dot. Oh, God, I, I hate him. <laughs> I do, too. It's so frustrating. Uh, so it was his, his name was actually Elbridge Jerry. Oh, uh, okay. And apparently he even he made it up to being the fifth vice president of the United States. What? He was yeah. He was eventually the uh, vice president. Apparently, really? When? The fifth. Uh, oh, J- oh. J- James Madison. Oh, okay. So wow. way back in the day. So it's say his name again. El- Elbridge Jerry. And what? What is what does Mandarin mean? <laughs> just like fucking with. Sticking your dick in it and just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just doing what you will. Like it, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. This is fascinating. I saw this one this week. I don't know how much coverage it got, but Trump has appointed his longtime event planner, Lynn Patton, to run New York's federal housing programs. Okay. We have a a neurosurgeon and and a party planner running. They're both black. That was literally the only thing I considered. It just makes sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, she also helped run the Eric Trump Foundation, which is currently under investigation by New York Attorney General Eric Snyderman. Lynn Patton, who uh, planned his kids' weddings and shit like that, mm-hmm. this is her LinkedIn profile. <laughs> this is what it says she does. Responsible for organizing, executing, and assisting with upscale events and celebrity golf tournaments, handle celebrity talent acquisition for various marketing projects, philanthropic events, and golf tournaments. <laughs> and now she's in charge of all of New York's federal housing programs. Is that wild? But man, she can run a golf tournament. I probably How? couldn't. It's probably How? difficult. But, but um, I don't think it qualifies you to run all of New York's housing. I, I, I don't see how that, yeah. You obviously haven't been to enough golf tournaments, Chris. I, yeah, it might be easy. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm flabbergasted. I have nothing to say. I don't, I, I don't see the logic behind it. E, e, even a neurosurgeon makes more sense. You could say he's very smart. Yeah, you know, he figured out how to perform brain surgery. Yeah, yeah, he did brain surgery. But in this, it's a it's a party planner. Yeah, I mean, let's listen. It's fucking J- Jennifer. Uh, difficult. It's Lopez, difficult to right? do these things. What? The wedding plan was Jennifer Lopez, right? Yeah, it's it's fucking Jennifer Lopez running the housing. I, I guess. Okay, fine. Don't help me. It's well that one Joe, I can't. What do you Joe want Dean to do? Whoa, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, now I gotta help you. The fucking Kim Kardashian thing. You're like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, now I'll help you out with your stupid Jennifer Lopez reference. Fuck off, Joe. Uh, yeah, she. Um, whatever. You know, we'll see what happens. Listen, maybe it's just a stroke of genius that he put this woman in place. Maybe she'll be able to do it. Maybe it's just a stroke. But I guarantee there's somebody definitely qualified to run housing, right? And it might not be this this wedding planner. And I bet there's even black people who are qualified to do it. Shock. Who aren't this person? Are you serious? <laughs> you think there's more than one? Ben. Dr. Ben, I like to call him. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, but you know you know what I mean? There's people with experience probably running the housing now, programs. More importantly, did you hear anything about the administration fat shaming no, Sean Spicer? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. What? What happened? Apparently, spicy. What happened? Uh, uh, apparently, Banner said something. I but Who? I Bannon. Bannon went after a Spicer about being fat. But, oh, really? Yeah. Well, Bannon. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I, look, look, a, I don't. I know it's I, coming I, I the kettle black. I don't think I it's Steve. I don't. I don't. I mean, I personally don't think it's Steve. Bannon. I mean, you have to ask him personally. But I, you know, Steve Bannon believes I have an excellent physique. I, I can't imagine he would have said that. <laughs> and now you're never going to get to use that one again. Why is he going? Is Spicy growing? What's happening? He'd be gone. He's gone already? I mean, it was a couple days ago he got he got the axe, didn't he? 
Who? No, 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 no. Spicer's not gone. Spicer's still there. Yeah, they're talking about it. All right. Apparently, it. Chelsea Clinton is claiming that Steve Bannon fat shamed Spicer on a text message. So let me see if I can find. What? The text Why would message. Chelsea Clinton know that? What are you talking about? I don't know. This has gone off the goddamn rails. <laughs> it's fat shaming. You can't do it. I. It's fine. I mean, you could look into the Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura uh, weight loss challenge. They credit fat shaming with uh, helping them lose weight. It's fun. You should look into it. A couple of funny men right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, uh, well. <laughs> what? All right. So Chelsea Clinton on Twitter. I don't like Chelsea. Does anybody like Chelsea Clinton? I love Chelsea. I'm just sick of I thought Clinton. her speech at the uh, convention was first horrible. Daughter. Huh? America's first daughter. Ever. Wasn't Abigail Adams America's first daughter? No, she is. The White House using fat shaming to justify increased opacity. Huh? Opacity? Opacity 2017. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Okay. Spell it. O-P-A-C-I-T-Y. Yeah, opacity. Yeah. And you speak fluent Joey. Yes, he does. Yeah, I'm just going to turn my laptop. Why? For what? Just you tell me. The tweet. Okay. So at Brian... Crass, whoever that is, uh-huh. when asked why press briefings are now being held off camera, Steve Bannon said, Sean's got fatter. Well, that's funny. He's joking. <laughs> He's joking. And what did Chelsea Clinton say about it? That the, the White House using fat shaming. She's saying that. But is she joking or is she being serious? No, she's being serious. Because obviously Bannon's joking. Why Why isn't Sean Spicer out here more? Oh, because he got fat. We're embarrassed of him. That's funny. <laughs> They're joking. Yeah, that sounds like something like, that sounds like friends fucking around with each other. Right. Well, and I here mean, you go. This is another a fucking example of the Clintons being unfunny bores, which is why they lose elected. Like, hey, Chelsea, dum-dum, she's joking. He's joking, obviously. <laughs> Or even if he's not, wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> no, no, you can't go out there today. You put on ten pounds. You don't look good. No, uh, that's it's noted. I, 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 you know, I've been eating. I've been eating my feelings because people don't like the job. They're joking. <laughs> okay. Fucking unfunny liberal morons. <laughs> God damn it. Um. All right. That's all I got. Matt, you got anything uh, you want to talk about or what? I think I interjected it throughout the. All right, Joey. You, you got anything else? Uh, I just want to say that I want to start a countdown calendar of Mayweather versus Connor. You started. I'm not going to start it, but it's August 26th. I'm very excited about it. I'm aiming to be moved into my new house by that date so I can watch the fights there. That's the goal. But good. Start a countdown calendar, Joey. Okay. How many, wh- how many days? Now? Don't know. <laughs> just Google. All right. We're going to take, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to read emails from the Samsonites. Uh, when it, when we get back, you better have the goddamn amount of days it is until the Mayweather fight, the May, the McGregor fight, as they're calling it. What? McMayweather. That's no. McGregor. They're calling it McGregor. That's gay. McMayweather sounds like it's a sandwich. Gay? Whoa, it's Joey. Gay. Whoa. This <laughs> is the total opposite of the, like. Why can't uh, whatever? They're calling it what? McGregor. McGregor. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a, a Southern Bell. I'm May Gregor. Hi. Hi, 67 everybody. days. I'm May Gregor. 67 days. Do you have a mint julep? It's 60 what? 67 days. All right. I'm excited about it. Listen, I don't know what the fuck happened the last couple of minutes here. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with emails from the Samson.
All right, we're back. We're going to read some emails. Joey, how many days? 67. 67 days, okay. Uh, We got an email from, we have four emails here. They're relatively quick. We got an email from Ross. This is from last week, which I apologize to Ross last week. We couldn't read his, you know, couldn't play the clip of Assange um, because we just had technical difficulties. But we're back in the regular studio now. We can play it. Ross says, thanks for reading my email. Sorry for not including the quote uh, that Assange said in my email. This is about the Seth Rich stuff. Okay. It was on one of the linked sources I gave, but I wanted to share the video of the quote Assange said so you guys have the proper context. I'd be interested in hearing uh, what you guys have to say after listening to this interview. Thanks. Sure. And we're going to play right now. This is Julian Assange. He's being interviewed. And this is him where he first, I guess, brings up the Seth Rich situation, the DNC staffer that was murdered. Assange is kind of beating around the bush that like he was one of their sources. He never actually says that. He's also implying that he got murdered for being that source, but he doesn't actually come out and say that either. But this is Assange, and then we'll we'll talk about it. Donald Trump has had a disastrous few weeks. If you look at the polls, he needs a miracle um, in the American. Oh, this is before the election, by the way. Oh, it's Trump, that far back. Spoiler alert: Trump wins. Political lexicon: There's such a thing as the October surprise. The stuff that you're sitting on, is, is an October surprise in there? We Do you even know what chair. you're sitting on? WikiLeaks never sits. Well, I'm sitting on a chair. Sorry, it's a little bit of humor, but. It's <laughs> on material. Uh, whistleblowers go to significant efforts to get us material and often very significant risks. As a 27 year old uh, works for the DNC, who was shot in the back, murdered uh, just two weeks ago. Uh, for un- unknown reasons, as he was walking down the street in Washington, so that was that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, it's, there's no finding. So, uh, what that's are you the suggesting? Sort of, what are you suggesting? I'm suggesting that our sources uh, take risks, and they are they become concerned uh, to see things occurring uh, like that. But was he one uh, of your sources then? I mean. We don't comment on who our sources but are. Why but make the suggestion? So, yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. See. It's like, you're being, come on, fuck. You're being sneaky. Stop it. You see what you're doing? He's going, our sources, uh, you know, get murdered. But he's like, so is he, he was one of your sources. No, no. It's, like, come it's, on. it's a human slip. It's what? It's a slip. It happens. A Freudian slip. He slipped. No, he's, Joey, this guy, he's. He's playing coy. He knows what he's doing. He's absolutely playing coy. About a young guy being shot in the streets of Washington. Because uh, we have to understand uh, how high the stakes are uh, in the United States and that our sources are, you know, our sources face serious risks. Uh, That's why they come to us, so we can protect uh, their anonymity. Uh, But it's quite something to suggest a murder. That's basically what you're doing. Well, that others have, have suggested that uh, we are investigating to understand uh, what happened uh, in that situation with Seth Rich. I think it is uh, a concerning situation. There's not a conclusion yet. We wouldn't be willing to um, state a conclusion, but we are concerned about it. And more importantly, um, a variety of WikiLeaks sources are concerned when that kind of thing happens. Okay, so I mean, to me, he's being a little coy, like Matt said, but also he, you know, to Ross, he's not saying, he's not saying that Seth Rich got he he goes we, we he got murdered, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Because but we don't know why he he doesn't come out and say that he got murdered for being a uh, the source. Yeah, he's beating around the bush, and he's also saying 
that stuff like that, if he were the source, is why it is concerning to other WikiLeaks sources. That's all. Yeah. I, you know, I get, he's he's playing a game there. I mean, he's he's hinting that the guy was murdered and was a source, but he's not saying that. Um, I don't know. Guys, got any thoughts on that? I mean, it's that's a that's Assange being Julian gonna Julian. <laughs> and, he does that shit sometimes, you know. And so, even if he was murdered because he, it, it's a vast, it's far from the conspiracy that Fox News is trying to prove. And oh yeah, I mean, totally different, right? And again, Assange is very careful about his words. Fox is not. <laughs> yeah, like Assange, you could see him there. You could see the gears turning, and like it, he's picking his words very carefully. It sounds like he certainly knows something that he's not saying. What that is. I can't speculate on. No. So. No. And he's also saying they're investigating. Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There could be more there, but we'll, we'll see when their uh, results come out. Did WikiLeaks release any, like, results to their investigation? No. Thoughts, Joey? I'm good on this one. Okay. Uh, Ross, thank you, man. We appreciate it. Email from Mason. Man, Sam, I was listening to this episode... And your statement about developing wind turbines, I guess he's talking to whatever, the last couple of episodes. Uh, your statement about developing wind turbines instead of coal mining piqued my interest, and I thought I'd weigh in. I'm currently enrolled at, uh, well, I'm not going to say it. All right, that, that's fine. Uh, at, a, at a program that provides a semester's training in solar and wind turbines. From being in the program and having experienced working on wind turbines, I feel at this rate it is unreasonable uh, at this point in time to replace fossil fuels with sustainable energy. There are a few reasons for this, but the largest is the fact of how highly skilled you must be to work on such a difficult form of trade that is so underemployed as it is. Can I tell you something, Mason? I love you. Don't do it. Do not do it. Commas and periods. That's all, no. that's all I'm going to say. A little rambly. It's all right, but okay. Uh, in a trade that is so underemployed as it is, and with declining interest in trades work to me it seems to be a losing battle the amount of money available and such few trained persons as there are working in that specific field to me seems like there is no possibly way to effectively start a transition at this time i look forward to hearing back from you uh if you have another idea or input love the podcast and look forward uh, to more future episodes thanks thank you i appreciate the email i you know listen i don't think we're going to do away i don't think you're going to replace fossil fuels right now because he's saying at this point in time to replace fossil fuels. You're not going to replace them, of course. But I think you need to get on a path of training people. We've talked about this before. You could take the fucking coal miners right now and train them how to do this. We have time. And I also think I, if I were president or whatever in a position to to affect this, if I would on, say... If only you were. <laughs> I, uh, I'd love to try it, but I guarantee I wouldn't be good at it. Um you have to set a go. You have to go look by 2025. We're going to be 50% wind. You know what I mean? And then, and then set that goal and work towards it. You missed the goal. You missed the goal, but at least set a goal. Yeah. And have then, something to strive yeah, for. Yeah. And then try, and then, you know, I really rally around people that are unemployed or whatever and start training them. I, I agree with what Mason's saying. It's not that easy to, but get people experience, get people training, get them hit the ground running when you are at a point where you are using Cause it's going to come. It, it, let's not pretend that wind turbines and solar energy, that is going to be what we use eventually. And that's the, that's a growth field, right? Invest in the growth field. That's all we're trying to say. We're not trying to just shut down an industry overnight. Yeah, no, of course. And you know what? I'm a magnanimous guy. I go to the, the energy companies. I go, go wild. I'll give you five years. Do what you're going to do. Now, of course, you're not going to build a bunch of pipelines or whatever. It takes a long time to put, but whatever's in place, 
let's do it. But know that in five years, it's fucking over. The bonanza is over in five years. Fine. Then they know they can start because the markets and everything is based on certainty, right? Or it's based on, um, stability. Yeah. Stability. There's a word I'm trying to look for. It's based on, um, predictability. That's the word. So if you know, in five, 10 years, you know, at a specific date or a specific year, that's it. We're going to switch to this next system or we have to be at 50. They know that and they can start planning on that. So you're not going to fucking ruin the economy. They can start making their plans and believe me, they have enough money and people involved that they can do that. Um, that's where we have to be heading. But by no means do I think we can get rid of fossil fuels today. I don't think that's the case, but yeah, let's transit a bit. What Joey? I see you smiling. What's up? Nothing. What? Nothing. What? It's a picture of me. Don't sorry. What? Are you on Facebook? Yeah, I'm off. I'm off, bro. We're taking a we're taking a break right now. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Joey is not done. Joey's done for the rest of the episode. He's looking on fucking Facebook. He's looking at a picture of himself. I see him smirking over there. He's not contributing. He got a five minute major. He's out. Wow. Yeah. Five, five games. You'll hear him in the background, but he's not. His microphone is off. You can't hear shit from he's, Joey. He's got a game misconduct. Yeah. All right, we got two more emails. You ready to do this, Matt? Oh, I'm ready. We got an email from John. He says, some of the text runs together in my screenshot. Oh, yeah. John sent me a message on Snapchat. And I was like, you got to email this to me. I, I can't answer this right now. So he emailed me. He goes, some of the text runs together in my screenshots, but you can see the difference. Keep up the good work, brother. Thank you, John. We appreciate it. I'm going to read your snaps to me right now. Yeah, if you're going to Snapchat me, quick. We can have a quick conversation. But if you really have a thought, you got to gmail.com. I can't. I was going to say, I didn't fully understand what was going on in that email. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, hey, man, Sam. Probably not the best place to contact. Right. <laughs> uh, but I am listening to MSP 130. And as a Republican, I find myself hating a lot of what the party is doing and stands for. First, Trump trying to defund HIV AIDS research. I have a huge issue with the cuts he might uh, save. There will easily be lost with more future costs in the future if more people get infected and when uh with the healthcare shit why can't we just do the same thing canada germany england and france are doing pay taxes and everyone gets free basic health care and if you want better insurance you pay a tad more can our economy just not afford to put our tax dollars to the place our citizens actually fucking need it or what i truly don't understand my grandmother was born and raised in England during World War II, and even she had better basic human rights than the so-called greatest country has. And the pre-existing conditions is a whole nother fuckstorm. I have a year left of my parents' insurance come August, and if I get melanoma before then, what the fuck happens? I also think big farms, uh, I guess he's saying big pharma, is working with big government to treat the disease rather than cure it, but that's another time. It's all this being said, I very much disagree what the, quote, Republican government is doing now. Uh, is anywhere close to Republican and more along the lines of selfish, by the way, love the podcast. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it. Uh, let me ask you this question. And I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this. Why are you a Republican? If you hate everything the Republican party stands for everything they're doing, you want everybody to have health care. You think that our tax money can be spent better. Don't vote Republican anymore. Just switch. Call yourself an independent. If you want vote. No, don't do that. I mean, vote for who vote for who you think best represents you. Joey thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Joe's, Joe's <laughs> mic is off because he was looking at Facebook. Then let this be a lesson to you. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I love that. Here, I'm going to put the microphone back on, but stop it with the Facebook. Yes, I apologize. What I was going to say is I believe people, it, it's kind of like a self-identity. Well, it's part of 
I feel a religious context and a context of believing of being conservative or what one would say would be conservative. Well, if John loves this podcast, he can't be so conservative that he's that it's a religious to him. You know what I mean? That he's he's he but, like to me, it seems like a lot of what he's saying. Then I, I get it. If you want to say Republican, whatever, whatever you want, I, I don't care. But it seems like to me. Some of your problem can be alleviated by just being like, oh, I don't support that side anymore. <laughs> like, they, they're not representing what I think. So you got to find the people and the, the parties that do support that and go with that. But uh, to me, it doesn't seem like you're a Republican, really. Well, one part of what I think Joey is saying is like, there is a certain amount of dogma to a party where it's, oh, mm-hmm. my, my, my parents were Republican. I'm Republican. Sure. Like, their grand, my par- grandparents were Republican. Yeah. And you need break the cycle. Yeah, and- that's right. Mm. It feels good. It feels good to see something. And go, you know what? I don't agree with it. I'm out. Think, just think for yourself. Yeah. Have your own thoughts. Follow. Just do what. Like just you. You're seeing these things are wrong, so don't support it. Right. It was me with like Christianity. I, I was into it. You know, I was really into it. Not really. I don't want to like freak out or whatever Catholicism, but I wanted to believe it. But then the more you listen to it, and the more questions you ask, you go, well, they don't have the answer. It's very freeing. It's very freeing to go. Oh, I'm not, uh, I'm not sinning. I just don't agree. Perfect. I mean, you are, I feel a lot you, better. You probably were sinning, to be honest. No, I really you. don't think I was. I really don't think I was. I wasn't. I mean, maybe by their stupid, you know, but whatever. My point being, you see something, you're part of a group, you don't agree with what the group's doing, leave the group. Mm-hmm. Don't identify as that anymore. Just be something else. Go, I don't know. I, I think this, this, and the other thing. I don't know where it fits along the ideological spectrum, but I'm not a Republican. Do what you want, but it, to me, it just seems like that, you know, those snaps are indicative of that you're just not a part of that party. That's all. Yeah. Don't worry about those. Don't get mad at Republicans. Just be like, yeah, I don't, I'm not part of that. I think we should do this. Uh, final one we got from Mikey. Mike says, Chris, I really enjoyed the points you guys brought up on the, on the episode. I didn't take into consideration the idea. Of, oh yeah. This was Mikey wrote in about the, um, when we were talking about Theresa May with the, you know, censoring the internet, whatever, oh, okay. and he was bringing up the points of like, well, we should, I'm not doing anything, you know, yes. we talked about it last week. He said, I didn't take into consideration the idea that laws may change, especially with a radically conservative administration, and the idea that once power is given to the government is never returned. Yeah, that's the big one. <laughs> yeah. That is the big one. You can, and especially, even under Obama, he didn't return a lot of the Bush era, or any of the Bush era um, powers. I rather he have control than Bush or Trump, but you're going to get Trump after Obama or you might get, you know what I mean? So you can't, but I'd rather citizens take back the power. Well, of course, but if failing that there are more certain people you trust more than others, but people you don't trust are going to get that power eventually too. So you got you have to be really careful. Maybe in a perfectly honest political world where the government works for the people, things would be different. Last question I have, you're, you're right. Last question I have for you. Would you guys consider bringing a mildly Republican person on board to, to debate some of your points? I'm not saying I could, I merely listen to the news and I don't know enough to articulate an argument. You probably could, but it would be interesting to see how the dynamic would change and how much of a broader audience you could bring. I'm not saying a Milo Yiannopoulos type. Listen, if we could get Milo. Oh, he's Milo. I'll take Milo. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, Just a different opinion. Also, I am sad to see you aren't on J Train's podcast, but I'm really happy to hear uh, you're taking on a larger role. Congrats. Chris, keep up the good work. Your fan, Mikey. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I'm sad not to be on the J Train podcast uh, anymore either, but Classic Shelb is uh, 
you know, manning the helm. I don't know. And Matt's still there taking notes and whatever. So I'm the behind the scenes guy. Yeah, continue to listen to the J Trade. Holding up the flag. Yeah. Carrying the banner. Carrying the banner. Yeah, I'll like be that. on there. I think I'll be on as a guest eventually at some point. I mean, sometimes they, those those classic uh, Man Samp and J Train episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. But anyway, but yeah, keep listening to J Train Podcast. I do miss it. But yeah, I'm going to be getting busier with some other stuff, which I'm excited about and yada yada. Um, yeah, well, I would definitely have, you know, the problem is. Uh, managing a lot of other things and then when it comes to this show it's like i know i can get matt and joey here i do the rundown we can do it to get guests in general it's just like another thing that i gotta take care of but certainly i i would not mind uh you know having a conservative guest on sure or any guest really we could we could figure it out i mean i think as long as someone's willing to have a conversation oh Absolutely. yeah which that's all that's all i like to do it actually would make this easier to, pro- to produce the show because i could just talk for a half hour instead of Oh, now who's getting ready for CNN? What do you mean? Now who's getting getting ready to just have the? Oh, we're just gonna have a bunch of people talk for the entire oh, time. Oh no, but I'm saying, but again, yeah, <laughs> no, but of course, no, but a guest. It's like I could have a couple of topics that we're gonna hit, and then we can just talk about it. You know. I mean, one of the first episodes I was on here, we had you had uh, a guy calling about the environment, and it's like that's right. Yeah, we stuff did. like that. Um, yeah, no, we do it once in a while, and I still, you know, I feel bad because, um, um, you know, I've been meaning to. I can't think of his name. God damn it. I feel terrible. From the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Oh. Um, God damn Cameron. Jesus. Uh, I've been meaning to get in touch with Cameron to get him on, too, to talk about some of that stuff and, you know, even potentially talk about some of the shit that's been going on outside with the nooses and crazy. You know, yeah. it's horrible. Um, I just haven't, you know. I'll be honest. Well, now would be one of the most poignant times with all these shootings to have that guy have him on. Yeah, potentially. Joey? I'm going to start riding you. We're going to get this done. What do you mean you're going to start writing me? Writing you, you know, oh. making you do things, bro. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll get you to start doing things for the show. Yeah. Like not checking your Facebook or... Yeah, I I, I got the message loud and clear. It won't happen again. All right. You'll be... I'll just boot you. Next time it will be a game misconduct, not a two-minute minor. <laughs> That's right. Yes, I let you out. I let you out lenient. Let me out of the box. Yeah. Um. All right. I don't know. Two hours. I feel I, good episode. I don't know. Great episode. You think? Yeah. We covered. I feel a like ton we got to do something different. I don't know. I feel like we got to do something a little different with the show. I'll think about it over the next couple. Yeah. Of weeks we, we got a couple of weeks. We figure it out. Yeah. Not that we're not gonna do it, but I just I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm just kind of being like it's perfunctory to do some of it. I don't know. We'll you, figure. You it out. You don't want to stagnate. No, I don't. It's not a good feeling. No. All right. Anyway. SoundCloud.com slash mandatory Samson. Go on there. You can follow us. You can leave a comment on the episode. I'll respond to all of those. Mandatory Samson at gmail.com. You can also go on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever you want to call it, and you can rate, subscribe, leave a comment on there. Matt Man Samp on all social media platforms. Joey's at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled the Z. Matt is Matt D. Weiss on Twitter. Uh, once again, final time I'm saying it, no episodes in the next two weeks. We are back on July 14th with MSP 132. We'll talk to you guys then. Mwah. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah.